the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week's guest is a trans female video game level designer who goes by Anna B. Queerly on Twitch. Anna, how are you tonight? Hello, uh, I am well, thank you. I, your intro is just like hitting all the right notes for me. <laughs> Why don't you tell us some of your background? You are a video game designer. Um, you have a, a, a fun kind of history of things that you went through to get there. Why don't we start there? Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll try to keep this succinct because when we were like back and forth before we got started, it was it, it, it just like swelled and like, oh yeah, and then I did this weird thing for a little bit. Oh yeah, and this little weird thing. Um, so yes, right now I am a level designer. Uh, I work at uh, Ubisoft Toronto. Um, oh. I'm working on an unannounced title, so I can't say. Don't ask me. I won't tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I always get asked. Uh, but so before that, uh, I worked as a millwright, uh, an industrial mechanic, doing like industrial machinery. And then before that, I briefly tried to make instruments to make money. Really weird time. And then I, uh, <laughs> before that, I was a, a like a university campus missionary um with a like a christian fellowship uh that's actually where i met my wife before that i was at art school uh for sculpture and installation before that was high school so like it's just been up and down oh and then somewhere in there i transitioned gender <laughs> you know so like I, no biggie yeah i love um when, anytime I, I meet somebody who's freaking out about what their major is in college and what they should choose and all that. I'm thinking ch changing all stuff. It's like, just do in college, whatever you want. The most important thing is that you end up with a degree. And so few of the people that I know, yeah. like in business are, or in whatever are doing something in their specific degree. So it's just kind of like, just get the degree and worry about the rest later. You'll find it. Amen, sister. <laughs> Send them my way. Cause like hot damn, <laughs> it's been up and down. Yeah, a lot of why I ended up in in games and game design was like I, I've always been a really like tactile person, and so like that's kind of how I ended up in the like mechanic millwright stuff. I loved that job. I loved working with my hands and like fixing things because I've always been that kind of person. But like art, art school, like I wanted to take what I had learned because I started doing a lot of like digital physical transition stuff, like that that space in between and three D printing, and I learned three D modeling, and I wanted to apply like my art background and the creative side into something technical, but also like, I can't be my own boss. Because <laughs> I just, you know, it's just like, well, I could do that later. I'll just have fun now and hang out. Uh -huh. So it was a lot more of a structured environment. Game design is like very much just like, well, we're making this game. You better get your stuff done. So it's like, that's kind of how I ended up here. Yeah, as an artist, I, I find them kind of the, the same way. The, the I thrive mm. under the deadlines, right? The pressure of like there's yeah. specific steps that you that you have to go through, and there's specific deadlines along the way. That, that I'm the type that that it yeah. helps as well. For sure, yeah. So, how do you define being trans? Just a super general question. <laughs> you changed it up on me. We didn't practice this question. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, Define being trans, good golly. It's like there's the trans community. It's like, I guess, well, I can speak for all of us because we have the exact same experience and <laughs> I've been elected queen of the queers and I will tell you exactly what the truth is. No, it's it, obviously it's for everybody, but for me being trans uh, is like something I'm proud of. Um, it's just, God darn it. 
I'm trying not to cuss so much too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's 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 who you are. It's it's a it's an it's an identity. It's like being trans is someone who like your gender in in just as simple as terms like your gender. The psychological aspect of gender does not match how you were born, your physicality, your uh, you know <laughs> mortal coil, fleshy existence. Yeah. Um, and being trans is, you know, you, 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 you change that, you know, you alter the, the, the appearance, you, your, uh, you step into society as the gender you feel you are in your heart, mind, soul, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's how I approach it. Cause like literally everybody's uh, different and. Yeah, it's a very it's a very yeah. personal thing. It's a very personal definition. That's kind of like why I yeah. like to to throw that out there and see if someone has you know their their clear definition yeah. and and then we build off of there. Well, we we got it. So that's the show. <laughs> there you like, go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. When did you first realize you were different? When did that start? Oh, different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a that's an easy start. Uh, oh golly. Uh, I was thinking about. I was actually honestly thinking about some of my earliest memories of like being trans in the last couple hours before we like, got on this call again and. One of my earliest memories, I don't even know if it's a real memory, if it was a dream, or if it was just like a like a formed, like I created and crafted this and changed it and altered it. But it was me at my babysitter with the other kids. I was like kindergarten age. And I and I asked my babysitter if I could be a girl when I grew up. And like this is like, you know, trans flags waving. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey kid good question you know that's not a that's not a cis kid question um and and then like the other kids being like what <laughs> um but like you know i was a kid and i i don't remember what my babysitter said like that's just like but i just remember being like why the hell am i asking these questions like looking back like how did i not know um <laughs> so i knew i was different i knew i was asking questions that weren't the same other kids are asking but i just kind of like I didn't process that that wasn't a common experience for a while, but it like it it, it was a lot more of like a cognizant front of mind awareness that like oh like when I was in high school I think when a lot of people you know puberty hits um, girlfriends and just like yeah we we talked quite a bit (laughs) you know it's I I really feel like I I might reference our earlier conversation because it's like we were just getting to know each other it was actually really lovely if anyone else gets an opportunity to be Um... on this show (laughs) you should totally just hit up Emily because it's just a wonderful conversation um but like yeah I felt I felt different and weird when I didn't do the other things the other boys were doing or like the stereotypical like this is boy stuff why aren't you doing this Mm -hmm. So um, it became yeah. sort of most most apparent to you at about that age in you know through puberty, so middle school, high school, middle school, yeah, high school? like middle school, high school, and then like like later high school, so it got a little more painful as I like you know first girlfriends kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then just like that access into the the other side, yeah, yeah. So when did you first identify as trans? Specifically as trans mm-hmm. uh, would have been after I was married. So that would have been like 2017 was probably if I had to pick a year, that's roughly when it was because okay. it's just been like for me, it's this it's been a years long 
growth and acceptance of like until the point I hit where I'm like, okay, now I can say I'm trans because there was times like years bef- before I was ready to say it where like if I was presented with that, I'd be like, mm, nope. And I would just like shut down that conversation because I wasn't ready. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the same thing for me. It took a really long time to get to that definition. And then um, once you do, like your mm-hmm. world kind of changes and, and things kind of lighten up. Someone asked me, uh, mainly Madison asked me the other day um, and suggested that I ask this on the show, like, when was your euphoric moment? You know, was there a euphoric moment for you? And when was that when you realized I am trans, this is who I am? And like, you just kind of feel that weight lift off because everything sort of comes into focus. All of these disparate things that were in the back of your head. Did you have that? Yeah, I did. Um, Sorry, it's just like. Oh man, I forgot about like the moments you forget about it until someone reminds you. Um, so like this was something that uh, my wife had known about before we were even dating. So like I'm really lucky. I know that like firsthand. And um, but like it was something that uh, we were aware about in our relationship when we were like building that. And then after we were married, it was it was this thing like I don't think you can hide this anymore. Like I don't think you can fight it. If this is like am I? My wife saved my life. <laughs> Don't doubt it. And just maybe who I am today, which is amazing. Uh, just going to keep praise and love on her. Um, but we had bought a dress at Old Navy. And it was like one of those like $10 dress sales. Mm-hmm. So I was just like. I used to love Old Navy. You know, yeah. you just. Oh, yeah. Oh, I miss Old Navy. Just being able to buy a bunch of cheap clothes. Um, <laughs> a little unethical, but who cares? A lot of people care, but it's so I great care. when you're starting. Yeah. Like you need, you need those. Yeah, those exactly. Places to Sorry, I just cheap. like my mind split in four directions. Like, no, but but uh, yeah, that's a great little tangent because like you need those when you're starting out. Those those cheap. You do thing, you, those cheap yeah. things. Those throwaway clothes of like, oh, I want to try this, and you go home and you try it on. And you're like, oh, no, that's not good. Oh, this is a terrible cut. Yeah, but, but you're <laughs> like you're you're kind of too nervous to like. You were so nervous to buy it that you're too nervous to take it back or whatever. So you kind of need the cheap like throwaway stuff, you know. <laughs> And, and like and yeah continuing on this tangent and i will bring us back i promise uh it was just like you're rebuilding an entire wardrobe like you you've decided to change your identity and your presentation presentation uh in the world and you need a new wardrobe to fit so it's just like suddenly like oh yeah i need all of this clothes that i don't have so i, I still wear some of my clothes pre-transition clothes because it's just like hoodies are comfy but yeah <laughs> so we had bought <laughs> old navy was great for that being able to get a number of like cheap of, like affordable honestly pieces that like to fill out a wardrobe so that i could wear things and be comfortable and start to experience more and more euphoria but mm. my first ever experience uh was wearing one of these like ten dollar summer dresses it was the first dress i'd ever worn and I just, I put it on and I looked down and I just started bawling. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my God. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been, it did, oh wow, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's coming back. Um, but yeah, that's, it, it was just, it was such a powerful a feeling of just like everything felt right for the first time in my life. Because literally, like, Every other time shopping for clothes up to that point, I was it was a miserable experience. I was never happy. 
I remember, you know, before I'd started transitioning, trying on clothes and crying in the change room because I was just like so miserable with the stuff I was wearing and the stuff I was trying on and the stuff like, but I hadn't, I, I just felt super just dysphoric and I didn't have the language for it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and <laughs> you were trans girl. Yeah. Yeah, um, isn't it funny that moment where you go from really disliking shopping, like ah, oh, just oh, shopping, to like it's your favorite thing in the world and it's all you want to do all the time. <laughs> I don't know if that happened uh, to you. I mean, I'm not maybe following. not there yet. Like I, I do love shopping, uh, uh, but I'm not. It's not like my whole life. But if more for more than anybody, it's it's probably a bigger relief for my wife because when we were shot when, I, when we were shopping for me before I was fully out and full time. It was like, hey, hey, honey, can you pick that up? Okay, that no, no, not that one. No, 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 the other one, the other one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, okay, this one here. Don't like, don't make a big deal out of it. And it's just like I was super self-conscious. I was uh-huh. super paranoid, and it was just a nightmare for her to be like, yo, I don't give a fuck. Just pick out the <laughs> stupid dress, please. And I was Stop freaking like, out about it. Wow. <laughs> I, I love that having you had. A, I love that Go you ahead. had somebody there with you. That that's incredible. My mine, um, you know, goes back way early, um, early college, and uh, my shop at the in those days was Mervyn's, and I've told the story a thousand times, but I haven't shared it with you. There, you know, they had the linoleum aisles, and then the carpeted sections where the racks were. Well, I was terrified to go onto the carpeted sections, and so I would do these like flybys and like. You know, just like that's kind of cute, <laughs> and then uh, and you know, then, like a, swoop in and grab it and run away before yeah, anyone exactly. Noticed. And then I'd have to go yeah. over to the men's section and buy like seven things to like dis, d- you know, disguise. Uh, this, the fact is, that... this is clearly for my wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The goofy shit oh, you do God. to hide it. Uh, it's just funny that you're there right? with, with your with your wife, or at that time probably a girlfriend or fiance, and and uh, and <laughs> she's just like, just buy something for God's sake. It's not that big a deal. Oh, totally. Yeah, and so you know, I just I don't know where I would be without her. I would have been doing this. I would have been doing exactly what you were doing, the swoop, the swoop in, and the the flyby. And it's like that that made me really think of something like just the fact that it's delineated on the floor alone, right? Like it's the linoleum aisle and the carpet. You wouldn't go on the carpet oh, because the it's clearly lava. defined. This is a space. This is a space for women, and that's just like that feeling that like. People don't treat you like a woman. People don't see you like a woman, and as as a woman, and it's just like that. Yeah, that's it's such a bizarre mm-hmm. time. And then you just like, yeah. Uh, so that my my first moment of euphoria, yeah, wearing a dress for the first time and just mm-hmm. losing it. <laughs> I remember feeling. I don't remember a specific euphoric moment like that, like the the kind of the first one. I have lots of little ones, mm-hmm. but like I, I remember again talking about that that delineation, the, the the sort of the floor is lava thing, the carpet's lava, where <laughs> it's just it's off it's off limits, it's out mm-hmm. of bounds. Mm-hmm. When I went shopping one time, can't remember which store it was or where. I'm, I'm assuming it, for some reason Macy's is jumping out in my mind, but thinking that like I was I was shopping in my section. Like I remember specifically one time where I was shopping and I'm thinking that I am today I am shopping in my section. This these are my clothes, this is where I'm supposed to be, and this is okay. Like once once I got to there, like that was that was amazing. That was a, a major game changer and, and oh, that, you know. Yeah. That feels so great to hear. Yeah. 
And then, like, um, yeah. you know, another one that I had was uh, we were getting ready to go on a cruise and we went dress shopping at Windsor, me and, and two of my girlfriends. And um, they were actually looking for dresses. I, 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 th- I thought I had something that I liked, so I wasn't I wasn't even looking. And I saw something on a mannequin, and I'm like, hold on, I'm going to grab one too. And we went to the dressing room, and we all three came out, and they're like, fuck you, bitch. Because, <laughs> like, it just fit me so perfectly. And it was a, a long uh, – it was a tall uh, gown. You know, yeah. it's just a straight gown with a nice, like, neckline, uh, kind of deep cut. And, you know, it just was straight. And I figured I couldn't wear anything straight because my body is too straight. I needed something with curves. And this was a straight dress, and it looked great on me. And I was just like, oh, nice. shit. And I showed oh, it to them, yeah. and, and they, like, hated me for it. And I'm like, that feels kind of good. <laughs> good. I'm glad you like that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, good. Well, yeah, like, no, come the, on, the, like the, let me have this, please. Yeah. The the ultimate praise when they're like, "Bitch," you know that that, would, <laughs> yeah. that felt good. Cool. Um, back to you though. Back to me, please. Um, this has been dreadful not talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, coming out. Who did you first come out to? Once you realized oh, that. Well. Uh, yeah. So coming out. I came out a number of times in different ways mm-hmm. uh, at different stages. So like there was a while where I like, yeah, I was in a, it was in a Christian community uh, and like, you know, we were like, I don't know. It was, it was a time, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but like I had realized I'd gone to counselors and realized that I, that they told me I would like had gender identity disorder, which is like, it, it, you know, it's like, is it a disorder or is it just who I am? Um, so it's it's a fairly conflicted title. But um, yeah, the implied negativity like, in there is, is yeah, the implied negativity of disorder. It's like, you're telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm out of order. No. Yeah. Not, just, not only are you, yeah. are you wrong, you're broken. Yeah. In instead of just being like, hey, you have dysphoria. Like, that's probably yes, that would explain it a little better. But the community I was in, like that was the it it was seemed it seemed like something that I would you know supposed to struggle with and like deny myself and fight through it and like that's the that's very much the language around it when I was growing up. So I was I was coming out to close friends at the time as someone who has gender identity disorder and like that that gender was a problem for me um, and something very difficult and I had a hard time with. So that was like I told a number of close friends in in university. Um, and I like, you know, shared that with my, like my wife before we were dating. Like that was something we, we met through the same Christian community. And I told her like, Hey, I have gender identity disorder. This is a, and like, what is that? And I was just like, Ugh. cause it was like, it was still at that point where I didn't know how to explain it with it. Like, and it made me upset because it was like, it means I want to be a woman. <laughs> and that's like, and I still didn't call myself, like, I still didn't refer to myself as a trans person. Um, so it wasn't until after my wife and I were married. So like I will say my wife was the first person I came out to as trans. Um but then uh if I'm going like trying to find out who else like who came after that it would be uh probably some like someone I went to college with who was actually really close to me. We were really close friends. Um and he he's a he's a trans man and I he was uh one of the first trans friends I had ever had because um, we had like I I came from a small town like there 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 may have been trans people but I never met them Mm -hmm. and like I you know or I didn't I didn't know it 
which is obviously another truth. Uh, so I, I'm in, you know, the big city in my first year, and like in the first couple months, I one of my one of my friends is like, "Hey, I'm I'm trans. Please use he him pronouns." And I was like, "Cool, dude. High five. I mean, high fived, and that was it." And uh, he later told me I was like the first person he came out to, and that just like, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And he's like, and that was literally the greatest response I had ever hoped for. He's like, "That's what I hoped people would be like," and I was like, "Fuck yeah." yeah. <laughs> um, just- just so he's one of the first people I Yeah, told. that's cool. What what now? What next? What else? You got? Yeah, I was like, cool. High five. <laughs> like, and I was just like, it didn't even occur to me that like this was something that they were dreading telling people that this is like, hey, this is a really big life altering moment. I was like, cool. It has no bearing on how I see you as a person or will treat you. Right? Like, see you. I will see you. You know, as as you know, he him now. Like, there's like, yes, there's that respect there, but it's like this will not negatively impact one iota of our friendship. And that's like, that was cool. Glad I was that person and not like, Oh, weird dude. (laughs) Um, I'm glad I'm not an asshole sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, uh, what? Yeah. How is is coming out to your family? Uh, Oh God. (laughs) Awkward, (laughs) but not bad. Just like, how do you, you don't prep for that conversation? Like you try, right? You try to like, how do I do this? Um, for a while, so I still am, but much less now, thank you to hormones, uh, was a very hairy person. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm just going to try to get in the right, that's the frame there. Um, so I just have a lot of body hair and it was thick and it was black and it was coarse and I got some Italian heritage in me. Um, and so, but I'd started shaving my hands because it was like winter time. And I think it was winter. Yeah, it was winter. Uh, it was close to Christmas. So I was wearing long sleeves, and I just thought, like, it, it goes all the, it, it goes all the way up, like, to my hair. So it was just like, if well, if I start going all like further up my arm, where do I stop? And I so I just like I'll shave, I'll shave like you know up to the collar, like the wrist, sorry, the cuff, and like keep it there. Yeah. Um. And then we were at my parents' place, and I was like, I knew I needed to talk to them, but I was looking for a good time. And we were sitting at the table, like, and my sister and uh, my brother-in-law, and both my parents were there. And I was just like, you know, I was like, this might be an all right time. Like, we were there for another day or two, I think. And it's like, okay, like, I might tell them in the middle of the of the weekend, and like, this will be good. And then my sister looks, she's like, are your hands shaved? And I was like, uh, um uh and then i just went for it because i was like yeah it's just like it's like she pushed me out the plane (laughs) and i was like oh god um so i've been seeing some counselors and trying to figure stuff out and i fumbled it so hard i was like and they kind of like told me i'm trans um and so like this is what i'm i'm doing and and then like my, my dad just put his hand on my hand and he's like okay we support you and we love you and i was like oh god and i started crying obviously because you know that's the biggest biggest friggin weight off my shoulders i I didn't think they would be mad but i thought they wouldn't understand took my mom a little bit like not when i say a little bit it it was like she was like yeah we love you and support you she's like i don't understand and i need a little time because it's in a big change i was like you're right it is a big change and she's like you've had a while for this you've had time with this she's like this is brand new to me so i just need to like process and i was like you got it Mm -hmm. Um, but then my sister, after all this, my sister's like, 
Yeah, but why did you just shave your hands? <laughs> I was just like, well, where do I stop? She's like, but you could have gone a little further up. <laughs> I was just like, th- thank you. Thank you, sister. So that was just like, you know, Never the sibling just like, sure, whatever. But this is weird. <laughs> that Like, not you and your identity and all that. Just like, your 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 shaved hand looks weird to me. And I was just like, ah. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, fine, thank you. They, they're great. Um, and they, you know, my sister and brother-in-law both, like, yes, like, you know, we've got your back. Like, we mm-hmm. love you. I was like, okay, cool. But like, it was just that moment. Well, and you, you talked about, you know, and one of the things we, we talk about a lot on this show is that when you, there's a point where you need to have the conversation with people, especially important people in your life. And it's fairly yeah. early on because you're going to start, you know, exploring some stuff. You're gonna, yes. And, Sorry, go ahead. Oh. and, um, but a lot of times I think that that intersects with this, with this part where you're, you're still coming to grips with it. You don't fully understand it and you haven't, you know, maybe you haven't defined yourself all the way out as trans yet or, or, you know, don't know what you want or whatever, but yeah, there, there's this, there's this part where you, you kind of have to start telling people, but you don't have the language yet. You don't have the confidence and you don't really know how to start that conversation. Yes. <laughs> so just, uh, yes all of it um because i didn't i didn't have the language uh and I, there's a lot of you know things i'm still learning is and i think uh i can I, I can probably speak fairly confidently about like on behalf of a lot of trans people about mm-hmm. saying there's a lot that we're still learning about ourselves and it's just like a constant constant journey like yeah. we we talked about like this idea of a journey and i i uh yeah, I, I, it's it's something I, I kind of have a hard time like calling my transition a, a journey because like in my mind a journey has an endpoint. I don't know what my endpoint is, mm-hmm. right? Like I can't, I don't want to define an end a goal because it's like, yeah, I think I think Ashley versus said if you don't have a goal you can't like you can't fail. Yes, <laughs> it's just, gotcha. Um, yeah, so it's pretty great. But like, yeah, in terms of like coming out, I, I came out a number. of yeah a number of times as i got more language to describe it as i understood better myself because mm-hmm. like as i was more prepared and more comfortable to do it so like you know there's like however many coming outs people have is like yeah. by the time i got to like friends or or like certain friends i guess or like um even like employers like as as i started applying for jobs including the one i'm in now like my current job in the interview i was like uh, so I'm I'm transitioning gender. Is that going to be a problem here? <laughs> and they're like, Oh God, no! It's <laughs> like, Okay, cool. Nice. Uh, but like, in the in the job interview, which like a lot of people sometimes say don't do because then like you know they can just discriminate you out of that out of like they can just not hire you. It's like, I just I don't even yeah I was I I was at that point like I was just like. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just like, I was the kind of person like, well, if they don't, if they have a problem with me being trans and wouldn't hire me on that basis, well, then they can, they can get fucked and I'm going to tell them. And if they don't want me, then good. And it's just like, I was really apprehensive or not apprehensive, confrontational. That's <laughs> ready for the fight. I was ready. I was ready to fight people. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering. And I, I think that, I, I think that, an important lesson to take, at least from, from mine, the, you know, the, and, and how poorly it went with my parents really is, is as you start to realize that 
you, you put, start to put some of these uh, these things together, it's best to share it with people, especially the people that you love, and and talk yeah. openly about it, and talk openly about the fact that you don't know. Don't feel like yeah. you have to have all the answers and go to them because, like Anna is saying, and, and like she alluded to what Ashley had said, you know, you, you if you have a goal, then then like it's it's kind of a it's kind of a bad idea. Just just go along with it, and so don't feel like you have to know everything about what you are and where you're going with it before you start having these conversations. Uh, when she, when Anna told her mom, her mom said, you know, I need a little bit of time to deal with it. So I think it's it's a better idea to, to start having that conversation earlier when you don't have the answers and kind of go through it with them and include them in that instead of feeling like, okay, I got to figure this out and then I can, and then I can tell them because then there's no good time where you know all the answers. Yeah. Like, uh, getting off the soapbox I, I, now. I, no, that's just totally cool. I, I want to, I want to say again that like my mom was, was still very supportive. Just like, I, not that you're saying she wasn't, I just like, <laughs> I need I need people to know my mom loves me, uh, and I actually again to make it even more awkward I had a a bralette that I that I had like torn some stitching on because I was learning how to take them off still and I and I asked her to fix it and she did like this is like right after I came out it's like hey I'm trans I'm transitioning into a woman can you fix my bra and she was just like yes okay and then just did it because just freaking superhero um nice. but yeah That's and then wonderful. like some people some people like needs that like want to have a goal i want to have a target or want to have like to give them hope something to, to strive for but like personally for me i just i i don't i don't want to have this like this like target because i've just i don't know i feel like in my turns just so far transitions and so so far most of those were in my transition sound. so far uh most of those were words um i've been like learning that uh just f- like being hurt by false expectations and like this this realization that like it, it's painful when you have this I- ideal when b- before you even start transitioning it's it's been painful for me in, in some ways to be like i will never actually look like that and it's just like so just realizing that like when i have these aesthetic goals these like um like fashion goals these like i've got this like i had this person in my mind that i wanted to be Mm -hmm. but like the shoulders aren't going to get any less broad (laughs) and that is a big that is a big sense of dysphoria for a lot of people yeah and like I, i i don't say this lightly it actually bothers me a lot too and it's something i'm learning to deal with but this idea that like there are some pieces of clothing that I would have loved, you know, that I, I was like dreaming about wearing before I started transitioning and just realizing like, oh, it just doesn't look good on my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff like that. Like, so realizing that like your your dreams and goals are great to give you hope, but it, like don't cling to them as like the end of your journeys when you can look like that because you might get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm you're, sorry. You're, you're, you're setting yourself up to hurt yourself, and that's a that's a bummer. Yeah, um, it is. Oh, that's yeah, that's a bummer. Can we yeah. talk about fun stuff now? <laughs> yeah, just real quick. My my shoulders, I my shoulders are kind of broad uh, for my shape, and I'm a little bummed about that. The big one for again for clothes is my rib cage. My rib cage right oh, about yes. here, just under the under boob level, is just too big to fit a lot of the dresses that I want. So I started. I started for a while uh, waist training uh-huh. with a corset, 
like uh and like i got to a point where of course i like i could actually like but it like you know you're you get used to it. Mm-hmm. I wore a corset, like a tight lace corset, for like a an, like an eight hour shift at work once, uh, and my posture was great. <laughs> but like, it's it's also like you you got to work up to it. And there's like there are some things you can do, but there's like a, it, there's a lot of work and a lot of a lot of determination, which I'm you know most trans people have because you got to be pretty stubborn to put up with some of the shit we put up with. But um, but like there's there's also learning to like love and accept. The beauty that you you have already in you, right? Like, your friends saw you in a dress that you thought you wouldn't look good in, and they said, "Fuck you, bitch, that looks good," <laughs> right? And that happens because we're, you know, we're women, we're beautiful people, and like, you just, it's there. It might not be this ideal that you had in your mind, but you are. There we go. We're on a positive note. Yeah. You might not have hit this goal that you had in mind, but you're still. You still are like a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> and, it, like I, literally I, every woman has that same struggle yes. <laughs> that I've ever talked to. Mm-hmm. It's like you won't look like this dream girl that you want to look like. Yeah, every woman ha- has that that same kind of. I mean, for lack of a better, of another term, like they have those dysphoric moments where like they want to wear certain pieces of clothing too. They think this looks beautiful mm-hmm. on this model, and they try it on, and it just doesn't work. So you know, it it, it is a very common thing. Um, mm-hmm. I had another point and I lost it as soon as I jumped into that. So, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's just you know, things things disappearing from my brain. Um, I wanted to pull in some things from the some comments from the chat. It doesn't look like it copied all the way. Let's see. Um, Peach mentioned that, that uh, it was a great point f- for us. We have we have years to to process it. It's unrealistic for us to expect many to just click and 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 understand it especially yeah. family but it's it's amazing when they do so it really is yeah I, i'm like really really excited <laughs> uh and happy and just so many feelings those are both like current emotions i was very <laughs> thrilled and just so relieved um that like they they loved me and like were supportive and like was yeah extremely understanding that like I've had years. It took me years to be okay to say I was trans or mm-hmm, transitioning yeah. gender. I didn't even say I am trans. I was like, I am transitioning gender. It's like robotic. So like, yeah, I I understand the hurt that some people feel when they come out and their parents are like, I need time because it's new to them. It's a shock. I understand that hurt because you want these people that like they've been with you your entire life and supported you this whole time. So there's obviously like, I, yeah, I've got a lot of empathy for everybody in the situation because mm. I've been on my side and I definitely know my, it was hard on my parents. Like, not hard, but like, definitely know it was a lot for them to process. So, yeah. You're, yeah. You are right, Peach. The ever wise Peach Ruth. <laughs> I'm getting more um, hate in the chat. That's not ever. Um, I'm like I'm getting more hate in the chat. Um, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Megan, uh, is jealous of my legs when I wear a skirt. So she's uh, <laughs> she's throwing some shade there in the chat. I love it. Um, so let's go into some of the questions that have gone here. So while we're still sort of on that same topic or at least in the same ballpark of it, um, oh, that's a game related one. We'll get to your job in a little bit. Despite having, uh, um, despite having one of the most incredible women I've met as, as a wife and her being aware of your sexuality, how, um, has your relationship 
and partnership been throughout the years? How has your relationship and partnership been with with your wife throughout the years? How has it been, honey? <laughs> Good. Just give me a thumbs up. Was that Patriot again? Yes. Yeah, actually, she's I, firing the questions away, and I haven't had a chance oh, to really read them yet. So, like, love you, um, Michaela. I'll let you answer and I'll start uh, reading these so that we know kind of ahead of time. Sure. I can. Yeah. No. Uh, so, like, my relationship uh, with with I'm gonna name her Aaron uh, has just been friggin' magnificent. Um, God, where to start? Uh, she, like, she's just been like the biggest support in the in this whole thing, and our relationship has has changed because like. Ugh, sorry, so many thoughts, so many feels, all of them trying to escape. Um, uh-huh. It's been good, just good. Uh, I, I love her a lot, so this is going to be emotional. But, like, we have taken this in, like, slowly. Like, it's been something we've had to process together in a lot of ways. And, like, I love her so much. This is, like, and I, I don't want, uh, I don't know how to say this without, like, I love her enough that I put my transition in her hands, hmm. which is so like, and I know this is a very, very sensitive topic for a, a large number of people in the, in our community because not a lot of people have had that end. Well, like not, as in like their partners have, have left and not been able to handle being with someone who's trans. So I, or you try and put the, I, the transition like in their hands and they just they just try and shut it down because they're having a hard time dealing with exactly. it. Exactly. So I yes, this is a very difficult uh mm. ground that I am trying to tread here. <laughs> um because I, I love and respect everybody and I understand a lot of hurt that's that has come from like marriages ending when partners aren't supportive and won't let you be that person. Um when I say I, I put my transition in, in her hands, it was kind of like the speed of which things were happening because it was, we we didn't know, we didn't know which which steps would would look like what and how we would feel, uh, how she would feel of different aspects of my transition. Um, and I just, I really deeply cared for her mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wanted her to, and just like, just the relationship we built was strong. Uh, so like, I just I trusted her <laughs> to to love me and to to have to support me through this, and uh, she trusted me to like maybe not like pump the brakes and put a halt to everything, but like listen to her concerns and her feelings and and uh, and like understand that this is like she's she wasn't a lesbian when we got married, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like understanding like you know traction changes and and like people grow and people change so like it, it was yes it was it we we grew closer mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because we communicated a lot more a lot more clearly a lot more intentionally about things mm-hmm. uh, i'm just well, gonna put, am i doing good <laughs> i'm doing good okay it, no, <laughs> the way you approached it is is through the eyes of, of a through the 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 framing of a partnership where yeah. Let me make sure my camera. Okay. Um, where we're gonna go through this together. So, mm-hmm. um, Celia, my second guest, she had a conversation with with her wife and and her kid, her her daughter, and you know had to basically 
reassure them that they weren't losing you know they weren't losing their partner they weren't losing their their father figure they weren't losing that role um for for her wife the the wife she had to convince the wife that the wife wasn't losing her, her husband um so you know you kind of have to find a way in any relationship when you go through any any kind of struggle like that how to keep it to keep the partnership intact and not dictate anything say how are we going to work on this together and reassure them that your fears your thoughts and your needs are i, I still want to meet those and let i know how can we approach that yeah and yeah that's a really good <laughs> really good way to say it uh yeah and just like at the same time this was also something that like she was aware of that it was something that I was struggling with and trying to work through, like as we were dating, as we got engaged, like this was all, this was all something like, it wasn't a surprise or a brand new thing. So it was like, it was something there. Um, and like that we kind of agreed when we got engaged and, and married that we would figure out together. Mm. So like, yeah, but it, we grew closer as we like communicated a lot more clearly. Like we had, we definitely had a couple times where like we need to like I promise you that I will talk to you about this. Yeah. <laughs> because like I, I, if I there were times where I just wanted to shut down and just yes. kind of like I need like I need to not I need to not talk I just I just want this and I'm mad that you are unsure and then like but I was like I, I and I was like I need to explain that I'm angry and upset because this is a thing that I would really like but you are not and I was like and I know and it's like it's just like a lot of like it's just the like you know couples therapy stuff you yeah. see on TV and it's like it actually works oh my god well, and, and that's uh, that that's what happened with with my relationship is is in some of the key initial conversations there we hit mm -hmm. some really it, it, there were a lot of really confrontational moments and a lot of um, hurt feelings on both sides and a lot of confusion yeah. and again it was sort of early on it was long i mean it was 15 mm -hmm. years before i could before i identified as trans after some of our initial conversations and some initial mm -hmm. confrontations and so unfortunately for us it went the opposite way where we kind of lost the ability to communicate because there were hot button issues that we couldn't talk about without you know things kind of blowing up and you know that just started a whole pattern and then it just gets harder and harder to communicate about all kinds of things so uh, it's really important to, to be able to have that with your partner mm -hmm. to have that like I said the partnership to talk yeah, to them and I, say you know I want to hear your concerns I want to honor your concerns and I want to do that but I, but you need to understand that this is a part of me this is something we're gonna have to deal with together yeah like I'm that. really sorry that was your experience it's really like it, it hurts it's hard yeah I think it's very common it was too. it was scary in a lot of ways it was very scary for me to like put this this like my identity like trust somebody else with who I am it was yeah it was and i i love her i love her to bits and i like it that still was like a big deal for me so mm -hmm. yeah thankfully uh, i was able to to learn after my my next relationship right after that i i, I fell for a, another girl and um you know told her about generally about it. i still wasn't identifying as trans but i kind of told her about mm -hmm. you know yeah gender identity issues and things like that and she was just like ah but we decided we could still date because we really liked each other and then it just kind of came to some point where I realized that like I really had to explore 
this part of myself and really, you know, go all into being trans and she, she couldn't go along with it. And it was, you know, so I made the decision and we, we split up and that was just mm -hmm. a major, a major turning point for me in my life is like, okay, I can stand up for myself in a relationship and say, this is what I need. And yeah. this is what I need to be. And if you can't, then, then, you know, it's been nice knowing you. <laughs> Yeah. But but no, yeah. you, know, you have to be able to stand up for yourself. But then, like I said, also make sure you're. It it, it takes the right type of person that can accept that, and then it takes yeah. the ability to work on it with them. Yep. I feel like I've <laughs> taken over this conversation I, entirely. No, you're not. You're not taking this conversation over. It's I'm just getting all emotional. I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like I, that's why. Like I come into this. Like I won the friggin' lottery in terms of partners. Yeah. Like. Because I've just seen, and I, I, I just deeply care for so many, so many folks in the trans community that like they don't have, they don't have that same experience, and they've had like very, very painful, very painful experiences with partners that just don't accept them and won't stay with them, and di divorce is not, is not just like a little see you later it's like you're oh my god yeah it's rough and uh yeah yeah i think it i think it's really common I, and i had this i had this narrative in my head for a long time it's finally starting to shift but you know the, the narrative was the only women the only trans people that are married were married before they were trans and then came out and their partner decided that it was worth it to stay with them and like I said, I'm, I'm kind of starting to tweak that and, and, and get a, get better about that, but it's still kind of hard because then, you know, most of the people I talk to that are trans that are married, um, you know, they, they were before that, after so marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's nice that, that yeah. you had that, that open, honest communication from the start. Yeah. I take, um, once so I, like I, I wasn't, okay. Oh, I was gonna say, once I, I get in, uh, start to date, I will, um, hire you as my, my marriage counselor. <laughs> Oh God! No. Don't don't put that on me. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um. So you mentioned that you that you uh, did missionary work, and yes, and that's where you met Aaron. What is your religious yes. background? Um. You know, like just kind of what what um uh, religious faith, oh. and yeah. how big did it factor into your family life, and then. Um, we'll add on to, on to that later. <laughs> Let's start there, and then we'll add on, on top of it. Okay, so the religious history of Anna Norton. Um, God, like I grew up going to church, like most, like most, like so many, like so many white white people. And, and, and what <laughs> white faith? North American, uh, Christian. It was uh, at the time. It was uh, oh, um, friends the friends denomination right it's a it's a branch of quaker it's it's it was a real church i swear i totally believe you i totally totally the full denomination name was like the evangelical friends it was like it's in the whole like family tree of like christian churches in north america it was like the quakers and then there was the quiet quakers and the noisy quakers the quiet quakers are still called quakers and the noisy quakers are like evangelicals and the, the friends denomination is just like friends is such a weird just a weird name i'm sorry um, but who else who in the in the chat when she says that it's the the friends denomination uh pictures that right. they're 
their statue of the Savior is the Buddy Christ? Uh, right? Yeah. No. Um, so, anyways, grew up in that church, and then we, like, <laughs> my um, organized sports took us away from organized religion. So, like, my sister started playing hockey, she started playing travel hockey. Um, another fun time uh, about, you know, gender bending. I was doing needlepoint with one of the mothers in the stands at the hockey arena while my sister played hockey. <laughs> <laughs> you trans girl um so and like we stopped going to church whatever grew away from it grew up uh, went to college mm-hmm. and it i started dating a midwife uh who was also pretty devout christian her father was a pastor it's a denomination i do not remember um and like you know she's she, she I, I caught her in that, like, there was, like, a weird, like, wild phase in her life. Caught her as we started dating. Um, and just, like, you know, some things in her life had happened and events. <laughs> um, and, and so, like, she just kind of, like, we talked about religion and, like, we went to church once or twice. And, um, and it was just like, yeah, I used to go to church. Like, whatever, I know church. And then uh, after we broke up, I was just like, for some reason, I just like dove into the Bible because it was just like hurting. And that was a thing that she had showed me about. And I like, I think probably there was this like connection to her that I felt with that. I just wanted to be close to her. Okay. Um, so it was post breakup yes. that, that kind of do- you, that drove you into it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. In hindsight, it was just like, come on, girl. It's a little basic. Um, But then I found a Christian fellowship at the art school I was at uh, and met them. And they were actually all like, because it's an art school, like even the like the Christian fellowship, which is normally like pretty dorky, tight laced kids was actually like pretty cool people Um, because it's art school. Everyone's Mm -hmm. cool. Um, (laughs) So then I made like these people were great and I became friends with them and like, um there's this really weird thinking back there's this really weird uh first encounter because like i i wanted to meet up with them and they're like they normally met up at this like one church and they're like oh yeah this weekend we're actually like over here at this other building and i went to this other building and it turns out there's this like big feast and there's like a baptism going on and i was like oh god and i was just but i was like so hungry for like pe- friends and ah. community and like just people to be with and i was just, like okay but like my reaction, it wasn't to like mingle with these people because literally no one said like, oh, hi, welcome. It was just like, um... and then I heard people like, yelling like, hey, we need more people in the kitchen. And I was like, okay. And I walked into the kitchen and I just started serving. It was such a bizarre moment. <laughs> um, so that, that uh... oh goodness. I don't remember that denomination of that church. It's Christian, just Christian. It's Christian, yeah. <laughs> Christian. Um, so they how did you get into the how did you get into the the missionary work then? How did that how did right. it lead to that that, that seems like even still a, a far journey. I just went off on a tangent and I just kept telling you my life history. Um it was the I'll, Christian I'll, fellowship I'll that I had joined. <laughs> reel me in, reel me in. Uh the Christian fellowship that I uh had met, I like looked them up and they had a message board at the school with like a little flyer being like, Oh yeah, like the OCAD Christian Fellowship, and I was like, "Cool, these people are Christians. They'll teach me." 
and they did. And then I, that same fellowship turns out it was a like an international ministry group, and they focus on campus ministry. Um, so they send interns or staff workers, like people that uh, like to the to the schools to run Bible studies and to run like mentorship programs and like um yeah spiritual counseling like that kind of thing and i was like i got involved with this group and i was like i want to do this um but it was also because like i just wanted i wanted it's i have a lot of problems with like i need to be known for being great at something Mm um so like it's like i want these people to think i'm great at jesus and then went and worked for them for a year i did an internship with them at london ontario western university which is where i met aaron okay. my wife yeah, i'm sorry i'm still stuck on that you've got the little the little bat badge or, or the or the trophy like the participation trophy that says uh best at jesus best at jesus i was not the best at jesus because it turns out if your entire motivation is to like be great at something um christianity is not the one for you because it's just like it's a lot of self-sacrifice and like uh just like making you know your motivations shine through if you're like not in the right spot like there's a lot of it was a really like purpose-driven like you know jesus-centered community mm-hmm. and like there was in a lot of ways they were doing a lot of like really great things like they were helping people grow and like find like bad negative patterns in their life and like how to break the cycles of like of like you know family history and and like abuse and alcoholism like there's a lot of crazy stuff that they're doing that was like amazing work but it's also like i you know if i'm i was there doing it because i wanted to look good or i wanted these people to like me uh-huh. it's just like sort of the wrong motivation a little bit you're gonna get tired of that it's like maybe it's not worth it um so was, anywho i got what, me a wife out of it yeah but but we should so i'm the winner was she part of the the ministry ministry program there and and london ontario yes. that's that's something in ontario has nothing to do with london right it has nothing to do with london england yeah okay it's it's a it's a medium-sized small to medium-sized city okay in south central ontario okay which is the province mm-hmm. not unlike the states in the united states mm-hmm. it's where your airport's at right that that uh that's why we, we do have an airport there actually that's why i've heard of it um oh, cool so you 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 met Erin because of that was she part of the church there was, was she, part she of was the one of the students there okay and i was uh like an you were sent intern. to convert her <laughs> hmm? you were sent to convert her uh no she was she was she was already part of this like one of the Oh my goodness, that's gross burp. Uh, she's one of the converts when I got there. She's one of the like the like the students who was like helping do all the work, mm-hmm. who was helping run the Bible studies, who was helping meet and organize and like lead group events and stuff like that. So as you guys got into it and and you know you formed your relationship and you you started to have these these wonderful conversations, these honest this honest thing, and you built this bond and started down this this path with the context of your gender identity and things like that how did that affect both of your connection to religion how has that that shifted and changed now you're asking the hard question uh-huh. and then we'll get to uh, stuff you're good, you're good at this you're good at this so 
it was it was I may difficult. not be the best at Jesus, uh, but I'm trying to be pretty good at this. <laughs> you know, only one of us can have that badge, and it's mine. Um, so like, it was it was hard uh, because like I, uh, you know, I'd learned and and seen a lot of ways in which just like a lot of what I had actually been like teaching and learning while I was you know, ministering to the university students, um, was that, like, this idea that, like, God and Jesus and uh, is, like, is love and acceptance, and this idea that, like, if you read through the Bible, like, Jesus loved everybody. It's like, and then, you know, it's like, oh, he literally, like, told people, love everybody. Just, that was, that was his thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and and just like seeing a lot of ways where it's like a lot of the like and like the doctrines of like the gays are evil and and like that sounded or that's founded not sounded that's founded on like miscontextualized snippets of the bible that people are contorting to be what they actually like being what they want them to mean like mm-hmm. there's a lot a lot to be said for like oh like none of this is actually saying i'm a terrible person and like so like there was a time where we were trying to reconcile both like my identity as I was transitioning and coming out um, and this like faith that was at the time was a very big part of our lives. It's, it's honestly been, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I haven't spoke, spoken about this super openly before now. So like if I, if I'm fumbling and stuttering, it's just because like, it's not that I'm uncomfortable. I'll tell you that now. It's just like, it's, it's new for me to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and yeah, yeah, when you've got so something that's like an... that, that that's so foundational to who you are and you're trying, especially when you're trying to like kind of excel at that, when you set this kind of goal for yourself of really mm-hmm. get into this and being quote unquote good at it, you know, we're joking about that, but um, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a big part of you. And then you start to realize yeah. these things about you and, and we'll get to a little, you know, um, another part of that uh, in, a, in a second of some of the, the counseling that you received there that kind of threw you off. But, oh, yeah. oh um, God. You, you know, it, it just, it, it totally makes sense when you hear so many negative voices that propose uh, that they, they're proponents of the Bible supposedly. And yet it seems to contradict, it contradicts you as a person, but then also starts mm. to kind of contradict your, your beliefs in what the Bible truly says yeah and there's also like so okay goodness i'm sorry i i got caught up in what you were saying and then trailed off on my own thoughts so like <laughs> were you redirecting and asking me a question or was like where do you want me to go with this you i'm just, sorry i'm just gonna point, so, point so, blank um, ask you the 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 base the core of the question you know yeah. have have you guys maintained a strong um gotcha. a strong connection to religion is that a big part of your relationship still or um is it kind of shifted more towards is like a spiritual thing where it's something you guys share or or hold within yourselves and don't follow the organized religion so much okay short answer <laughs> no it's not a big part of our relationship um long answer it's been a very difficult time for me and the the like communities that i was a part of and not specifically people but like the church i grew up in that i started going back to and i was actually like i've preached there multiple times uh like i got letters from 
people that have been one letter specifically from people that have been a part of my life since I was a child calling me an abomination and despicable and detestable. Like, so like, it's kind of hard to come yeah. back from that yeah. um, in terms of organized religion. Um, Aaron plays uh, violin uh, for the church that her, her parents attend uh, and she like music for them. And like, we watch their Sunday service because it's all streamed online. So like, it's, it's a part of our lives and there's like, I still value the things I learned and I, I taught and I, um, I did. And I, I valued some of the, like a good number of the relationships I had made. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from that, like from that part of my life, from those communities, um, there was a time where I tried to reconcile both, but like, uh, like we were going to church as I was transitioning there's the church here in Toronto that's like a pretty progressive church. And I, I honestly really like them. And I had met with the pastor and told him I was trans. And he was like, okay, cool. So like, how can we support you? And I was like, high five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was like, 10 years ago, he's like, this would have floored me. But he's like, honestly, like, he's like, okay, like, this is, yes. Like, I want to help you out. And I was like, okay. So it's like, there's a lot of positive happening as well. But just like, I needed to focus on me for a little bit and yeah. like figure out figure out what the hell is going on with me and like there were times like I, I was like yeah I was trying to be the, like the best at Jesus like but it was still a very core part of my identity um, was trying to figure out like how to serve this Christian community and like how to be a better person like I was I'm aware of the faults that I had back then mm-hmm. and like realizing that I was I was indirectly self-serving like I was looking for I was looking for the praise of people. Like I was right. I was like trying to, um, trying to get these people to think I was great and love me more. But yeah. like, that was not my job. Was supposed to be get them to love Christ more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh right, I did it wrong. Um, I see what I did wrong. So, like, I understand the problems I made. And like, but yeah. And the short answer is like, oh, short answer, long answer. I did it wrong. <laughs> Like it's it's still there, and it's something that like I'm not denying is a part of our lives and is not present. Like, but it's not it's not the core foundation of our relationship mm-hmm. at this point. Do you feel like that's something that you might turn back to as a like um, yes? You know, once you've got that kind of confidence now to yeah. to go and actually start preaching again as a trans person and and be Ooh. that that guiding force, be that that uh, example for people. So preaching, that's a big one. I don't know about that. Because uh, like, yeah, I don't know if like, like I'm, I don't know if I can dedicate enough of my life to being in that position anymore where like I can, I can prepare and I can like meditate and like thoughtfully prepare a, like, a, you know, a, a sermon yeah uh, i just who's got that time yeah but i would go back to church like mm-hmm. it's uh and like there are still like i'm in the, i'm in the tech industry i'm i'm a, I'm a fairly scientific-minded person so like a lot of this also comes with like i have a good number of atheist friends and like i understand like i understand uh there's a lot of like a lot of reconciling with like empirical evidence and the existence of, of god um it's like these are questions i have as well these are questions like i don't know i don't know the answers like I, if someone's like 
do you believe in God? And I was like, I, I think I do. <laughs> Why? And I was like, fuck if I know. <laughs> but like, the well, things I've better seen to do on a Sunday. The, what about what I say? <laughs> <laughs> the, the things I've seen through those communities and like the, like, honestly, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like you start to see things happen and people rally around a cause and like, such like like have a, a like a really wonderful meaningful positive impact on people's lives and communities and like in a lot of ways um like i i really think that like the teachings of the bible if you like actually <laughs> actually read them <laughs> and like interpret them contextually for the time that they were written mm-hmm. the time like the time that they were written for one because they were written hundreds of years, thousands of years sometimes after the actual events that they're recording. It was an oral history. So there's a lot of like, there's not only the story that's being told about the people and the context that they're in, but the story that's being written by a different group of people and the context that they're in. So there's like a lot of unpacking that needs to happen Mm -hmm. when you do that and like actually get down to it. There's a lot of really good lessons a lot of really good principles to live by um yeah and like you said you know the the main one that that you get from from jesus is is love everybody and it's like why do we have all this other crap why can't we just kind of focus on that one and and let that be oh but the the general they're different than me and do i have to love them (laughs) if they're different than me it's like yeah yeah but but they have a red flag and i have a blue flag and and that must mean they're bad right all right, exactly. so um, yes, jumping off of this, the religious topic. This was not what we agreed to talk to... about before we, talked, we had this. You know, I was I was uh, honoring the the chat and and the questions coming up, and and I thought oh, we okay, covered cool. it. And so okay, now cool. now let's let's move to some of the more fun stuff. So we talked about um, the journey and kind of identifying some of those things that uh, how how we figured out that we were trans. And um, I love some of the stuff we were talking about, about especially like in, in high school, middle school, once all the hormones kick in and all that kind of stuff, not being able, able to understand or uh, identify with the behavior of boys and men in high school. Um, let's, let's talk about some of that for you. What, what were some of the experiences that you had along that? Because I think that's, that's a, another common experience and kind of a funner topic. Because fun yes, is a word. Thank you. It, like the Christianity topic is like it's very conflicting for me because I'm just like in so many different places and it's like I don't even God. It's like uh-huh. I don't even know where I stand right now. So it's just like I'm trying to like speak eloquently about something that I'm just like, oh, do I still believe in God? <laughs> oh, sorry. It's just like it's very heavy. Uh, let's talk about high school. So, goodness, I so like my first like real girlfriend was in I, I was in grade 11 and she was in grade 12 um and like the story is still like it's it's just it's really i don't know it's like really really anna okay so we were like first girlfriend ever like second or third date like you know you're you're high school students you're supposed to be horny uh mm-hmm. we go to the movies she's wearing a mini skirt and like a lot of people probably know where this is supposed to go. So we're like in the back of the theater. She made sure we sat in the back and it was just like, she wanted to like, you know, 
get make out get a little frisky and I, I was like i had my hand we were holding hands on the the like armrest the shared armrest of the movie theater mm-hmm. and then like you know she's like oh she put my hand on her knee and i was like oh, okay cool this is this is nice and then just like you know she'd just like start moving and like trying to shift my hand like further up her leg and i just like okay it's like i guess i'll put my hand like on her in her thigh like this is okay cool and then she just like she was trying to like signal like hey go up my skirt and i was just like um okay like like, what's going on here i don't understand this and then i actually like her skirt was starting to hike up because just like my hand was there and she was i didn't realize she was actually pulling it up and i grabbed her skirt and i pulled it back down and put my hand back on the armrest and like i was just like no i don't like what are you doing Oh, your leg is exposed. That that must be uncomfortable for you. Let me hear. And yeah. I was just like, it was not even like on my radar that like, hey, there's a vagina there and you're supposed to touch it. Uh-huh. Um, so like, sorry, getting a little <laughs> PG-13. Um, and like, in, you know, that's one of those like in hindsight, like, God, that, like I didn't realize until well after that, that like, that was the kind of thing that like, you know, guys didn't pull skirts down to like mm-hmm. like I not not like pulled it down, but like repositioned to make sure that like the person's legs weren't exposed and like Yeah. And we had also talked about like the same girlfriend, uh like she was like, Hey, we should have a threesome with so and so and I was just like But no, I don't want to. Like mm-hmm. I just wanna have like a ro- like a romantic connection with you. Like that's I enjoy bonding like getting closer to you and like experiencing this and sharing this with, with you and i i remember telling some friends that like so, some guy friends of mine and they're like dude what the hell is wrong with you and there's like oh that other girl's so hot and i was like yeah but like i i'm i'm dating this this girl and i want to like share this experience with her mm-hmm. and i was just, like didn't click that i was like uh, yeah yeah, just one of those, another one of those things that you know you you see that and and you just you feel wrong. You feel like okay, this is the way a, a guy is supposed to act, and he's supposed to you know just yeah. little women's boobs just and all like that realizing, kind of stuff, and just and yeah, it, and it just it it doesn't feel right. And you're like, you know, what's wrong with me? You know, and and they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not gay. Like like what is it? But you know, what's what's wrong? Oh. With me? Because I I don't understand how men act off camera um yeah i didn't it's just like hiding just like (laughs) it's just too embarrassing um because like yeah it didn't click in that like i wasn't acting the way that like i was i was i was acting how i thought like i was trying to be a good person Mm -hmm. right i was like and i was just like acting on even on my feelings or my emotions like it was like i wasn't like I wasn't going to take advantage of this person. Like that was like, why would I, you know, why would I do these things? Uh, and like that, that girlfriend later told me like, she thought I was gay. She 100% thought I was gay and just like closeted or like mm-hmm. just didn't, was completely unaware. And like, it, it's, I don't know. It's one thing that like a, a number of trans people will, will maybe share the experience with me, but like that might've been your first time trying on women's underwear right like that was that was for me and like and she was very uncomfortable she's like god no this is fucked up and i was like what i kind of like it it's just uh-huh. like but right this she thought i was gay and like 
you know, if I could, if I was still talking to her, I would, you know, like, hey, you were close. Um, <laughs> and I'd, I just like, be because I wasn't her. doing the thing, like, as you said, I wasn't doing the things that like typical guys do, yeah. right? Like I wasn't, and like, there are, there you know, obviously there are men that are, you know, gentlemen and like, <laughs> but like I had a girlfriend that was like proposing we have a threesome with somebody and like, the the prop the the common the, the the common conception in social in social realms and pop culture is that dudes jump on that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that that's supposed me. to be the the pinnacle, right? And 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 yeah, when you're not into that, but you're still into the girl, you're it, it's it's really it's really confusing. Yeah, um, it's very confusing. Yeah, I had a um, I had a a. a, a a situation that I kind of you know, I lump into this same sort of category as as you know not acting like or, and not understanding uh, mm-hmm. other boys in high school. Um, we went on a, a road trip uh, late in high school, like senior year of high school. It was sort of our first thing away. It was all just the guys, and we get to a hotel and we're getting up the next morning to go early to watch a concert. And um, you know the guys just want to put on porn and. <laughs> You know, I I just kind of like laid down on the floor oh, and God. and tried to go to go to sleep and ignore it because I had no interest in it whatsoever. And I thought I just like you know, I was like that doesn't that doesn't appeal to me at all. Yeah, I've heard this story like from, well from you. I've heard a similar story from other dudes, and I just like every time it's like, why do you want to be in a room with a bunch of horny dudes? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is like? Are you if you're all straight? Like if you're all gay, like yeah, I get it, you know, just everybody boners everywhere. But like, you're all supposed to be straight, apparently, supposedly straight. Like, what what is appealing about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just uh, like the the idea, and, and I wasn't even stuck up on that of like being in a room with horny guys. Oh, like that didn't that yeah. wasn't even a factor of it. It's like I just why would I the, like be interested in this cultural thing? norm? Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, like, yeah. but it's like yeah, I, just... I could see that I was supposed to be on board with that like i you know especially because all of my friends were down with it and we were all pretty normal guys we were they, they weren't this wasn't like a bunch of horny bastards or like you know the the big popular jocks or anything it was sure? just um you know typical guys and yeah. you know that was another one of those ones of like i don't think i fall into typical and i don't want, know what that means but uh okay we'll just go with it <laughs> And then, you know, when yeah. you get into relationships and those the, like the same experiences you have start to kind of happen mm-hmm. where it's just like, I don't just want to take her home to, to try and bang her. Like I want to, I want to yeah. have romantic nights. I want to make dinner like, and I want to come back out. to my place. Well, I thought we were having a great conversation over dinner here. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. we could, um, but you know, we're having so much fun right here. Yeah, exactly. I thought we it, just um, had like a big breakthrough. It, it, this like this. I mean, this, you're in, I'm just going to warn you now. Your entire, like, talk show career will be a bunch of trans people being like, yeah, it's, it's really a lot like so-and-so said. Um, so, like, this this whole conversation reminds me of, uh, like, Erica Newgirl. The, like, like, oh, you know, like, oh, it's just people don't think these things. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, yeah, like, this is this is stuff that, like, oh, I guess, like, cis guys didn't act that way mm-hmm. or like cis people don't ask these questions or pe- like cis people don't you know <laughs> it's just like oh yeah 
<laughs> I well, should have known. What are the What are some of the others? Let's Let's see. Let's see if we can play this game and see if 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 we play can get game. it to work. I um we sort of played with the idea and, and I, I I wrote it down. So let, let let's see how how far we can go. Um, okay. the, the clues that I was transgender that of course we didn't pick up on until way later in life. But uh, oh, damn. all that. So um we'll just go we'll, we'll go back and forth. What 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 what's what's one for you? A clue that you didn't know at the time that, that suggests that you were transgender, but you didn't realize it until much later. Oh, golly. Um, I'm on the spot. Uh, I mean, so I like, I think I told you like one of the earliest memories I have is like me asking my babysitter if I'd grow up to be a girl. Mm-hmm. That is like a ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's the first clue. I Your didn't, turn. I didn't realize this was a, a thing until much, much later. I I had a girlfriend in preschool. Um, I actually proposed to okay. her. That was the first time <gasps> I was engaged. Uh-huh. And um, I had a girlfriend every year. Uh, we moved a lot. But I had a girlfriend every year until um, like 12th, 11th grade. Um, and I was always super proud of that. And then I, I talked to my therapist, and she's like, why would a preschool boy want a girlfriend? And then we, you think about it, it's like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and and for me to to kind of clarify for if you're not if it's a little vague, you know, um, I was aware enough that I was a boy and I had to to be a boy and do boy things. And my only access stuff. to the girl sphere was to have a girlfriend. So I had to get me one of those right away. <laughs> yeah. All right, you. Oh man. Um... Am I gonna win this game? This is. You're gonna win this game. <laughs> oh man, I think you've already won. Uh, golly. Oh no. Um, mm, mm, uh, so like, uh, oh, this is a super embarrassing story. <laughs> but like, one time my sisters, one of my sisters' sports bras ended up in my laundry, and I put it on, and mm-hmm. I hid under the blankets, and was just giddy. Uh huh. And that, and I just thought like, you know, that's a thing that. Like oh yeah, just like uh, boys put on girls' underwear. Just like uh. <laughs> one of mine, I was nine years old. My um, we were we were moving. I think it was or was it my dad's friend was moving. Somebody was moving. I forget. But um, we went over to um, this family's house, which is my family and their family, and we hung out. And they had a daughter that was the same age, and like we hit it off, and we were we were boyfriend and girlfriend for that day. That was one of my, my shortest relationships. Um, but the thing I remember very distinctly from that day was going up into her room and just being like, you know, it was just like, everything was glowing. You know, the, you hear the angel sing the whole kind of a thing. And it's just like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> I've got two. I've got two now. Thank you. Okay. So the one I thought of when you were going was, uh, watching the like watching the cartoons or movies or whatever and the like the like girl like you know there's a brother and a sister and the sister has a sleepover and they go and they like tackle the the brother and do give him a makeover mm-hmm. right i wanted that to happen to me <laughs> that is a that very, was yeah that's a very specific memory and that was going to be my next one but, I, but you know we'll just i'll just glom onto it each uh, my my cousin came to visit and he's two years older than me my best Mm -hmm. friend next door had a sister that was a couple years older and she had a friend over and they stole my cousin for an hour or so and made him up and i was so insanely jealous of that for probably about 10 years 
10 years Ooh. yeah that Hold was a that, that was a big one i was okay. always i, I re, that one really stuck out to me we can share that one um uh polly pockets so my babysitter had uh what was it uh, two two girls and three boys so like she had a number of kids and one of which had Polly Pockets. And I remember playing with all of her Polly Pockets, thinking these are the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and that was like, it was a girl's toy, but I was just like, which was part of the allure. It mm. wasn't that it was like Polly Pockets, because we also had Mighty Max. Literally just like needlessly gendered toys. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, it was the allure was the fact that it was Polly Pocket and it was pink. I remember um, a little earlier um, playing... You know, the, the kids would kind of like play house, you know, out in, in the um, in the playground. And I was okay. always jealous that I could never, I don't, I don't know if I ever spoke up about it, but I could never play the mom or like a sister role. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't have that happen, but like, that's that like, yeah, I could get that. Definitely. Uh, maybe a, maybe a, like a weird one or a gross one. Uh, like tampon and like pad commercials made me jealous hmm. and like that's a that's a like you know that's when like literally every every cis woman uh, like i've spoken to is like why are you jealous of that it's terrible and i'm like i know uh-huh. i am fully cognizant of the fact that this is not a fun thing for anybody <laughs> yeah um Oh boy, oh, this is a tough admission. But um, yeah, at one point I did go out and I actually uh, bought some just to have them in my purse. Like you know, if I've ever been a ba- in a bathroom and a girl like needs a tampon or whatever, I've got one so I can be one of the girls and be like, oh yeah, sure, you know, like. Um, and I don't know that. Uh, uh, I guess that'll count as 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 mine. I don't know if that really counts. Sure. That's okay. That does count as one. I, I'm saying it counts as one, and I'm the the leader. Um, <laughs> Uh, this got me thinking stuff we talked about earlier as well like uh, my art school career um, I so like I was making art that was like challenging gender roles mm-hmm. uh, oh this is another weird this has another backstory to it I don't want to sidetrack our, our game uh, but I, yeah I was making artwork about uh, gender roles and like yeah the like mm-hmm. there's like oh yeah like I, I've always done all these these like you know, feminine things and like the, like making artwork about like all of the stuff I, like I, I made a spinning wheel out of metal, uh, because like, uh, like a spinning wheel for spinning yarn. Uh-huh. Cause I, I was like, I was doing all these crafty things and it was just like, I was cog like fully aware that like these cr- hands on like arts and craft stuff, like that was all, that was all like woman stuff. And I was just like, but I want to do it. So I had to make an art piece. Then I made it like big rusty metal thing. And it was just like, you know, challenging the fact that like, it has to be big and heavy and manly for men to do it. Uh But I really love doing this. Like, so yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that, that was the tangent that we got on earlier that, that kind of took us down your, your art career and into some of that stuff. And we can, we can jump over to that now. Um, but but yeah, I I I thought if you were still having fun with this game, then like, yeah. I just remember um, being being in uh, always um, being attracted to women that were pregnant, but then also um, 
insanely, you know, I just thought that was, it was magical. And, and I was to the point of actually being really insanely jealous of it that I could not get pregnant. And, and, you know, that was, that was one that, um, I don't know why that wasn't a big clue for me, why that wasn't, you know, that, uh, I just thought, you know, I just always thought that I had viewed being, uh, you know, making a kid as super magical and it's, you know, it's, it's the miracle of life, that whole thing. And so I didn't put too much stock into the fact that I was really jealous that, um, that I couldn't get pregnant. And then, you know, again, in, in Erica, new girl's words, just like, yeah, but normal cis people don't, don't feel that way. <laughs> yes. So, um, so what not, a wonderful segue. It's like you're a trained talk show host. Uh, so while I was at art school, I, yeah, I alluded to this like not two minutes ago. I had started dating a midwife, uh, which is like, uh, I don't know if everybody knows what a midwife is. I'm just going to describe it. It's a person who like helps uh, pregnant women give birth and like they help them also like up to the moment, like prenatal and then neonatal and they, they also do some postnatal care so like the whole like a you know the whole gamut of of making a baby yeah. um, see see i oh, thought when you said when you said midwife it was it was between the uh, start wife and the end wife or maybe the uh the bottom wife well. and the top wife you know i don't know <laughs> yeah exactly the top <laughs> or the bottom wife midwife or in the middle um <laughs> right right about there yeah eye level <laughs> uh, eye level that's about okay um so i learned a lot about midwifery and um like pregnancy and and birth and like child uh, like pregnant pregnant woman care um <laughs> uh, ma- maternity care that sort um and it was but like i was just it was something that i was kind of aware of in the back of my mind but like being in close proximity to someone whose entire life was babies making babies like helping people make babies like that was my entire like that was her life and that was just like i was so intensely jealous of that and i um and this was like at the time when i was at school like i'd made that like spinning wheel piece uh you know another thing in the in that game uh, you know it's like my yeah doing needlepoint and like the, the the stands at my sister's like hockey games like this is all stuff that i was like coping with like this relationship kind of spurred a lot of these questions in my mind Mm -hmm. um and i was so immensely jealous that i uh couldn't bear a child and i was looking it up and they were like i was googling like man male childbirth men bearing children like pregnancy male pregnancy like all of these things and like there's like some really weird articles (laughs) but i was just like clinging to anything that i could have this like uh such like a, a specific experience like tied to gender um and i ended up so you'll know i was prepared for this because it's it's handy uh i made this uh, this bronze sculpture of a pregnant man gonna bring him up closer um uh, and it looks like an oscar it was just like the idea is like it kind of looked like an idol and the uh um it's solid bronze so it's ways like bunch um and the idea being that, like, I'm just gonna hold it here so everyone can see it. Um, like, I had, I had, like, built this, like, idolized this whole, like, idea of pregnancy, and like, in the critique for this, it's like on this pedestal. It's under this, like, dramatic light. It's, you know, um, and one of the questions I got from classmates was like, 
do you wish you could get pregnant? Like, do you want it? Like, is that something you want? And I was just like, oh, yes. Yes. You, no you, hesitation. You, you I just, don't? like, straight up just, like, told a group of people that, like, I wish I could get pregnant. I want to get pregnant. And it was just like, I want to bear a child. And it was like, sorry, this is getting weird for people in, this, in the audience. But, like, I had no idea. I didn't know I was trans. No. Um, and it's just like, again, like, cis people don't 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 say shit like that like there's it's just like that's <laughs> either either i need so, to start a so comedy strange. routine or maybe we should pass this on to ashley versus for for her as ashley cooper but uh you know just biting on the uh, you might be a redneck with uh, you might be trans yes. if yes <laughs> Good old Foxworthy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that's another great memory, and I just didn't even clue in. <laughs> um, we, we used to listen to Jeff Foxworthy CD in the car on our way to Florida for, like, the family vacation. Mm-hmm. And there's one bit that he does about the, the gay snake. The hith, hith, if you step on me, I'll bite you, I swear. And it's just like, and it was just like, I did that so perfectly. Like, I was just, like, so, like, I had this effeminate, person behind this facade of a straight boy my parents like at the time like it was like the early mid 90s and they're like should we be concerned because like as a joke and i was just like oh yeah i'm just good at this (laughs) ding 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 little did we all know Little and, did we all know. Yeah, and it's just funny that, that those things like that that are. Um, that's why I love talking about this stuff. Is like we had no idea, nobody else realized, and it's just like, but the signs are all there. Like if if only we'd had we'd had this, you know, these definitions and and this thing back then, it would have saved yeah. us all a lot of time, a lot of hardship, a lot of <laughs> just a lot of struggles throughout the whole thing. Like hands up if you you know if you've ever had that daydream. Like if I had a time machine, I would go back and tell myself sooner. Yeah. So that that that's a great um, set of questions that that I've been asking as well, uh, because a lot of Ashley stuff was time machine based. What would uh, what when would have you thought about that? When would you go back to and and who would you talk to? What would you say if you had the time machine to you know you know kind of fix your whole trans story? Fix. The problem is, I've, I've honestly thought of this a lot. Um, the problem with it for me is I wouldn't be where I, like, if I transitioned sooner, I wouldn't be with Aaron. Mm-hmm. And I probably wouldn't be in games. Like, if I could literally just, if I could just go back and, and tell myself or my parents, like, explain it to them so they are understand, because it was, you know, like the 90s and it's probably a little different then. Um, but have everything else turn out the same (laughs) (laughs) then yeah like they're probably like really early because like i was i was a kid i was asking questions that like you know i was i was on the cusp of like probably getting some getting some really weird questions to my parents like so like if i could go back when i was like hell even like nine or ten and be like hey your kid is trans and like you can ask them these specific questions and they will be like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, and you'll know. But mm-hmm. it's it's funny uh, that you say that because yeah. that, that that's the the exact age that I was thinking about as well. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just such a fun it's such a fun exercise to to go through. Like, you've got to realize, 
exactly what you said that you wouldn't have been where you are in your life now, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so the the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, the, but but some of the best things that you've gone through, you, you, so you you can't discount that. But yeah. it's a fun exercise to figure out, like, what, you know, what would that conversation be like? How would I do that? And it's interesting that we we chose about the the, the same time. I wanted to break in and say we've got uh, Gabriela Diaz from Puerto Rico. We're, Hello, we all the way to pre- Puerto Rico from from Canada down to Puerto Rico. So, man. What a great audience. There we go. Yeah. So welcome, Such a broad man. reach. Yeah. We're getting there. Um, and that totally threw me off. What else did I want to talk about? <laughs> okay. Um, what else did I write down? Oh, you did mention my counseling experience. Yes. That's, that's also a fun one. Because uh, something uh, like that we had talked about, um, like wanting to make sure we kind of like bring up uh, and answer questions around is like this idea of like it it came up during my whole transition my whole experience my my you know journey from finding out what gender identity disorder was so oh goodness so like these were feelings that I was aware of when I was in in university part of this like Christian fellowship um like branding and trying to figure stuff out stuff questions that came up while i was dating this midwife so like after i broke up with this midwife uh-huh. i started i dove into this christian community like this is like there's a lot of like you know threads that follow each other around here um and i decided to seek a counselor someone to help me like kind of process stuff because i felt like i was ready i wasn't but you know i learned that after the fact i was like trying to force this i was trying to force this like personal growth and this it's like, oh, yes, well, I'm ready now. I want to do this. Uh, anywho, I went to this counselor. I sat down, told her all the stuff going on, being like, hey, this is what I, I, I kind of want to be be a woman <laughs> and like explain to things to her and like my feelings and everything. And she's like, oh, OK. She's like, this is this is new to me because this this was like a specifically a Christian counselor mm-hmm. that's like has connections to this this ministry group like um and ha- offers that lens of like advice and counseling. Uh, and I, she's like, Yo, I'll need to like do some research and cut, you can come back in like, you know, a week. I don't remember how long it was. And I went back and she's like, she started like asking the diagnostic questions, uh-huh. the like, you know, like, Oh, do you feel this? Well, what about this? And you like the, the probing questions that you're like, okay, I, you're trying to like diagnose me with something. Well, yeah, but um, I, that, just to stop you for a second, that's, it's, it's so funny that, you know, she's like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, research this. Just I like, got to research oh, this. Yeah, great text textbook. That's where I wanted to go with my counseling. Is let's just read from a textbook to do this. Like, kind of a yes. choose your own adventure sort of thing. It's like <laughs> I could probably go do this and not waste mm-hmm. my time with you. <laughs> if that's how we're gonna do it. If I was more aware mm-hmm. at the time, I would have been like, "Huh, are you sure about that?" Um, but time makes fools of us all. So. <laughs> uh so she's like we're going through this and she's like okay well um it sounds like a lot of this sounds similar to gender identity disorder it's like so she was using i don't know dsm-5 the diagnostic systems manual maybe she was on four at that point i don't know but that's that was the like that was like the medical uh psychological diagnosis for trans people 
And there's a good good amount of time where like that was what the diagnosis you needed to get like gender reassignment surgery and therapy and like hormone replacement. Um, so like that's she she basically straight up told me I was trans, which is like it's kind of like not very professional to like counsel someone and like ask them questions and then straight up tell them, "Yo, you're trans." Like uh-huh. you're supposed to help them figure that out on their own. But I was thankful, and it's just like she's. And honestly, I, we as we were talking about before, like her reaction to the whole thing was actually pretty great. So it was like, oh yeah, like you have, you, like this sounds similar to does like gender identity disorder. Does that does that say like does that how does that feel? Like does that seem right to you? And like you know, we had a conversation about it, and and I was like, so what next? She's like, well, if I'm being honest, like she's like there's, you know, that's that's it's part of your life now. I was like, mm-hmm. now you know. She's like, but it's going to be something that you're you're dealing with, coping with, struggling with, living with, whether you transition or not, like, for the rest of your life. And it was just like, she said, like, oh, yeah, transition, like, you could transition gender. Like, that's something people know. I was like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, you don't have to. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and it was just like, this was all so new to me. But yeah. she, uh, thankfully... Instead of saying like, "Oh yeah, you should go to conversion camp," it was like, "It's literally straight up like, oh, this is this is a part of your life now." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "It's so it's gonna, you know." I was like, "Um, okay." And then I just like went away to process it and everything. Yeah, um, that sounds kind so of that wonderful. That was you... my. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I was just to say that, that that sounds kind of wonderful because, like, you know, you start this story talking about she's going to pull out a textbook and read from it, and right. it's like, okay, this is not going to go well. But the thing is, is like Boom. she, yeah, she was able to to help you kind of. She she gave you a definitive answer, which it was hard to take at the time, but you know, it, yeah. it, it is important to again have that language and have that understanding. But it sounds <laughs> like she was she was nice and kind about it in a way that really kind of helped you uh, and and you know eased you into some part of it like like say say you've got some options or what or you know what have you uh i yeah. felt that that was one of the key moments for me in my transition was when i realized that this was part of me that wasn't going to change that i wasn't going to be able to get rid of and that mm-hmm. took a lot of the pressure off me to to understand it to figure it out and try and get rid of it you know, if it's just like, okay, this is just something that, that is, then it's less important what it is and more important, like how you're going to deal with it. And that really, that moment yeah. for me was one of the big moments. I will say, boy, howdy, did I try to get rid of it? <laughs> I fought it. I fought for a lot for a while. Um, so like, that was the first counselor experience I had. Um, and then I ended up like, this was when I was a student, part of this uh, this group and then uh, after that I like did an internship with them and I was like an employee of theirs uh, and then there was another counselor that I could go to uh, after I moved to London, Ontario um, and no this counselor was hmm? <laughs> so no relation to real London <laughs> no relation yeah okay. uh, <laughs> none at all um, but like the other counselor that I went to was just a completely different story in terms of like their approach to things because the first lady was like oh yeah like this is what you got and just like i can help you deal with it i don't know what you want to do she's like it's up to you this is like this is you know it's going to be a part of your life now um which is just like and honestly like she was right 
it is a part of my life now. Um, I will say, I, we kind of brushed over it pretty quickly, but this idea of like gender identity disorder is like, it's it's a it's not a great it's not it's not a good it's a bad um, mm-hmm. I just like straight up like it's labeled as a disorder, right? This idea that like the, my gender identity is a disorder. It's like I have this something is wrong with me that I, uh, uh, you know, I experience gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Instead of like honestly, it's the terminology is terrible. If yeah. that was the time, and I think I think they're getting better at it. Like the newest uh, diagnostic systems manual has changed some of their language around things and improved things, and things are getting better for us. So, like I will say, you know, in all honesty, I was diagnosed with gender dysphoria. <laughs> like that's that's the way I look at it now. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have that language, right? So I, I uh, as no, I mentioned, they, I was when... coming out as someone with gender identity disorder. Well, that, for that's, the longest time that that's where they get the, the the fuel for that fire behind the yeah. the conversion therapy and and a yeah. lot of the the negative stigma behind it is like oh you have a disorder yeah i mean it doesn't make you a bad person per se but you still have a yeah. disorder and it's something that that needs to be fixed and in our you know the way we we look at med- western medicine if you have a disorder it can be fixed either with medication exactly. or shock therapy or something there is a fix for it because it's a disorder and we're supposed to fix things and that's yeah. you know that's kind of one of the key the key problems right there is once you label it something like that then you've then you've it's automatically set as a negative and there's no way to to change that so i'm glad that yeah, yeah that they're that those i think it's who I, I think I read not too long ago that, that they had, had changed that definition or changed that, that terminology. Mm. So we're making a little yeah, bit of progress. That's, that's awesome. And it's like, the idea is that like, uh, the reason I, I, I personally like feel like it's, you know, gender dysphoria is like the diagnosis, like the dysphoria is the thing you want to get rid of, not mm. the identity. Right. Yeah. Like, you can change your your gender identity like your gender identity is is like the disorder yeah it's this weird like oh it's your your uh like given gender at birth is incongruous with the psychological gender in your mind and it's like yes but like when you say it like that it's like ah oh, we must fix the brain part it's like mm-hmm. no no well and, and the, we the... must mitigate the dysphoria and the big issue that I have, and it sounds like, you know, up at least until this time where you where you had this counselor that helped you kind of identify mm-hmm. this, I, even once I identified as, as trans, I still struggled with it because I'm like, well, I can't, I'm not truly trans because the yes. definition, the, again, the, the, the textbook definition of trans is somebody that had gender dysphoria their whole life. They always felt like they were in the wrong body. And I never, yeah. never felt like I was in the wrong body. Per se, you know, what we talked earlier yes. about how I had these yes. things where like it didn't feel right. I didn't understand things, but I didn't attribute that to like hating my body and I'm in the wrong body. Yeah. But then you what what really helped me was realizing that the opposite is also true and affirming for being you know truly trans is gender euphoria where you put on that dress and it makes you cry because it feels so wonderful and you're yeah. like, and, and, and it, it, you know, it lights up that, that thing where you're like, yes, this makes sense finally. And so you have to put as much value in gender euphoria where as you allow your things, allow yeah. yourself to try these things out, you feel that feeling. You're like, okay, yeah, I really am trans. Yeah. And there's like a lot of ways that I, I could never like, oh, I, you know, 
I didn't know any differently <laughs> than the gender dysphoria that I might have been experiencing might not have been because sim similar to what you're saying like I don't like I don't think I fit that because like I had mo like dysphoric moments but it was also just like a it it wasn't really like I was constantly dysphoric about my body I was just yearning for for like this womanhood mm -hmm. and like but it but at the same time like it's literally different for everybody yes um yeah so like not having the word the language for it uh with my next counselor that was bad like you know it's just like uh we were talking about it earlier it's like this not having the language really hurt me <laughs> um because it was like i i met this counselor and it was like oh so like explain explaining what's going on i was like well i want to be a woman i have gender identity disorder and that's what you know and it's like well i've you know counseled a lot of people with this and and I, I honestly can't recall if he had done the like uh yes that was something i struggled with myself and instead i you know fought through it and now we're here and it's like oh another red flag because like some of the most toxic people i've encountered have are the people that that tend to say i used to feel that way and i got over it and it's just like did you because you seem kind of angry about it um <laughs> but like i had to stuff it like, down so i'm uh, gonna make you do it too yeah right um but he literally like asked me to like it was like explain to me why like what is it about being a woman that attracts you like what do you why do you want to be a woman i was like like shit dude i don't have the words for this <laughs> like and it, it's like well you're sitting there you don't understand the language you need you don't understand this like deep-seated yearning and like i explained like i just like it's this like in my heart there's this yearning to be a woman like mm -hmm. I, I can't explain it beyond that yeah it's and like, you couldn't go i all, wish i could have you couldn't go, go all yoda on him and tell him no no there is no why <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly because i like i i was still not aware enough like i still didn't know that there wasn't a why um and i was just like in my heart, <laughs> the, like the common Christian parlance, in my heart of hearts, I believe it to be true. Um, <laughs> but like, it, it came down to like, oh yeah, well like I, uh, well like I like women's clothes. I like I just wish I could wear women's clothes. And it's like, oh, so like, are you a cross dresser? And it's like, well, no, that what? Uh, and then it was like, well, why don't you like men's clothes? And it was like this like weird cyclical logic, like, well you like women's clothes better because you think like you look at them and that makes you that makes you aroused and it's like and i was like well i like i see women and i like you know i i feel like attraction but i also feel hot jealousy <laughs> and then it was just like this this like weird like trying to get me to like double think and like oh yeah but like think about the attraction but not about the jealousy it was like what <laughs> And then it's like, oh, like you, you know, you, you want to look, you, like you see this and you're like, you, you want to wear the like women's clothes because you're attracted to the women. It's like, no, it's different than that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe you'd feel better in your clothes if you like, you know, where you were more active and you were in better shape and you looked better in your clothes. And I was like, oh, shaming. What? That's like, good. Like try losing some weight and like, baby, you'll feel better. And I was just like, what? Did you just tell me to get like to lose some weight to get rid of my gender dysphoria? Like hindsight like maybe that's where i would go back you know what yeah i'm changing my time my time machine story Smack that's him. where i would go back i'd be like poof right into that room yo <laughs> back shut the fuck up. <laughs> um real quick uh mira mira dub dubs had to, mira dub -dubs. Uh, has to has Sorry, to bail she's yelling. saying goodbye oh she's leaving yeah 
Oh, yeah, she's been here. Aww. She's she's she said like you're her favorite and she loves you and all the good stuff. That was a long time ago, but I did, didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> well, and now she's leaving. You're, if you, you're no longer here, I, I I miss you and I love you, Meritopa. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, it's 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 just unfortunate that we run into those people and 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 like you said, I I feel like yes. some of the the the. The, the closeted people are the worst or the ones, you know, that, that have tried to fight it themselves. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's a that's a whole nother one. Um, uh, oh, man, it's on the tip of my tongue. The, uh, I, I can't remember what, what my response was. It to your to you tell me that story earlier about. Um, oh, yeah. When, when he's talking about the clothes and it's just like, well, maybe if, if, if the clothes fit you better, if you were in better shape or whatever. And that just that triggers that that re- memory that that memory in myself where when I started to dress more fully as a woman, when I was just kind of getting into it and it was I'm like, OK, maybe this isn't a, a, a fetish for for women's panties because yes. uh, I now have bras and I and now that I have that, I want pants. I don't understand why that is. Because, I want pants, yes. Yeah, and um, but again, like I couldn't, I couldn't wear women's pants, so I would go and I would shop and I would buy them, and I'd buy them in like, you know, five, eight sizes too big for what I would for what I wear now, because I would buy them so that they fit like guys' clothes or kind of close, so that would you know they they blended in, and it was just this weird thing when when I was you know talking to my counselor early about this as I was trying you know she was trying to help me figure out what was going on and she would say similar things of like well why not wear a pink men's shirt uh, and it was just funny that wearing these big floppy stupid horribly fitting women's clothes still felt so much better for me than you know wearing tight uh, men's pants or, or or you know like a pink men's shirt or something like that it's like i don't understand this but i just know that this feels so much better and and i want to do more of that and holy crap does that scare the shit out of me because yeah. it's like i i don't know what this is i'm not ready for this yeah so like we talked about it before and i'm just gonna like come straight out and say it like this person was basically f- framing my like my identity as a trans person framing it as like a sexual deviance mm-hmm. right it was like oh this just gets you off and i was like no it's actually very different than that <laughs> it's that's i'm not doing this to get to get my jollies like mm-hmm. i don't i don't and it's like just not understand like it's this this approach that like overtly sexualizing this like transition it's like fuck's sakes like that's no it's so much more than that there's so much more to it than this this idea of like yeah it's like don't, don't sexualize my identity mm-hmm. sorry i don't know how to say it well, well yeah like, and, and and you know some of these things that he was saying are um are you know kind of the 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 negative things that are spit that always spun in my brain and you know i still struggle with it and i brought it up on the transvenger show recently i asked a question like um what do y'all feel about the fact that when I think about fully transitioning, like there is a turn on aspect that, that there, there is a sexual turn on to that. And yes. what my brain likes to use that as is as evidence that it is just a fetish and it's stupid. And, and like, it's just me being that, that sexual deviant. I didn't need a counselor to tell me that because like that was what was already spinning in my brain. So yes, I 
like where you're going with this. So this is something we talked about, and I, I 100% like. So this was our pre-show warm-up that our conversation. I forgot about this, and I'm so glad you brought it back up. So like, this is something I struggled with like deeply, right? This like, like, am I do like, am I doing this just because it arouses me? Like, mm-hmm. it was like because it was something that like part of my experience. Like, I as I was like trying things, like, you know, I didn't talk much about it like i put that dress on and i cried but it was also kind of arousing like this mm. so like and so this is something i struggled with like i because like am i actually trans or am i just like am a horny i freak, just yeah. someone that like hmm? a horny freak yeah right? well yeah right like and and you know coming from the the you know the christian side of things where like a lot of people were telling me i was a horny freak you know you start to start to believe it um and like as i started getting more involved uh more involved like started transitioning more and like it wasn't until like after i had started hormones and started the process uh, that which was like like to early 2017 like two years ago like this is i i started like being aware of my identity as a trans person like 2011 so there was like a good five or six year chunk where I was like, I have gender identity disorder and I'm going to fight this. <laughs> and I like, obviously I lost, but like <laughs> um, this, like it wasn't until like after I had started going through and being aware of this and like learning about my own identity and like learning about myself that like, I, I realized that like there, I'm not alone in that worry and that thought as a, as a trans person. And like, my identity as a trans woman is is not like invalidated by those feelings and uh, I, I mentioned to you earlier um like there was a there was a study that like is, i'm gonna phrase this right now it's like it was proven like scientifically debunked like it was just garbage science um but it was it, it was studying that like this idea of like oh like do trans people find arousal in the idea of themselves as a woman and it was just like this like the very like i'm at the point now in my life where like the premise of it is kind of offensive to me but at the time i found this this article because it was a term that someone had like used and like it was someone saying like hey turfs will be calling you this don't let it get you down and i looked up the term linked to this article and it got me down, uh-huh. knowing that someone told me not to let it get me down. So that's why I'm sharing this with everybody. The term is autogynophile, which is like it, it, you know, big pseudoscience. It makes it sound more legitimate. It means that like you, you find sexual arousal in the thought of yourself as a woman, as the thought of yourself like as as a woman. And it's just like on the face of it, I saw this and I was like, oh god, this is just this is just like framing my my identity that i've been you know like realizing and and growing into for like years now like it's it's invalidating it as just like as like a a kink yeah and there's nothing wrong with kinks but as like this is like it literally rocked my world (laughs) to be like oh my god this is like my entire identity is this like it's just this like sexual arousal but like the more i started reading it reading this like it's it's a scientific paper so it's a little bit dense and i started reading criticisms of it and realizing that like okay so there's so many problems with this so if you ever find it like you can look it up read the criticisms 
make sure you read the criticisms because it's like if you're not a scientific minded person you might not catch into like what's wrong with it and i didn't either mm-hmm. but it's like um the, the the entire study was set up to like to frame some weird sexual deviancy in trans women they didn't even they didn't even ask the same questions to, to cis women and they didn't come up with a a, a term for men cis men trans men the the like they didn't come up with a uh, like a, a an analogous term for being aroused at the thought of being a man with a penis right so it was just like it was just literally set up to disprove the the validity of trans women so like i'm just uh-huh. getting all passionate and, and, and bold and fiery um but it's like cisgendered women meet the exact same requirements like there's a, a like the majority of cis women i don't know the exact numbers also end up being categorized by the study as someone who's aroused at the thought of themselves as a woman and just like very frankly put it like i was just like so relieved to read that (laughs) because i was just like i i was questioning everything about me Mm -hmm. i was this like fetish as this kink as this thing like do i just do this because it gets me gets me horny and like i will i will warn anyone now who's about to start hormones there's a good chance that you will lose your sex drive for a while. <laughs> so like, you know, keep that in mind. So like, I don't even do it to get horny cause I don't get horny anymore. Um, but that's just, that's me. Uh, weird aside, well, but like, it's, it's yeah, just, it's just so hard to fight those external voices and those external, um, uh, things that we yeah. come across and that people say to us because, um, uh, you know, we have so many doubts within ourselves and so many of those, those similar negative voices within our own heads. So it's so yes. easy to fall into that, that trap. Uh, yes. I was falling into that trap and I was like, I had to teach, like I had to like unlearn transphobia that I had like been living my life as a trans person. There were still thoughts and I, I was sticking to these feelings and like fighting these feelings that I, like, because I, like I was worried it, you know, it's just like, I was being a transphobe, like, Jesus, it was so heavy. But like lingerie is a thing. Like this is like the easiest way to like debunk this whole idea of like lingerie is a thing. Women don't just buy lingerie to like turn men on. They learn they buy lingerie because they like feeling sexy. Mm-hmm. And it turns and that, them on, yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's it right there. Like that, you know, this idea that like you're just doing this because it, it turns you on. It's like women women get turned on at the thought of being sexy women too <laughs> well and and that's that's sort of you know i so like i said i bring that up because it's still sort of an issue for me i'm still kind of fighting against that because that that voice was so negative and so strong for so long but i have noticed that as i as i really give in to to this this identity and i explore it and i try some of these things and i buy sexy lingerie or whatever and i and i wear it under a great dress like it does turn me on but and I, I haven't started hormones yet, um, so I know it's apples to, a, to apples comparison. Like it's a different type of of arousal. Like yes, it, it's it's arousing it in a completely different way once you allow yourself to really get into it fully and honestly. It does feel different. So that it's just like okay, yeah, it's not like this weird freak thing, but just the fact that it's still that there is still some of it. Like it's 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 hard. Those those internal voices are 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 hard. Yes, there's a lot of like relearning <laughs> and like mm-hmm. conscious, 
consciously like I just distracted myself with the hair. Uh, <laughs> consciously like thinking and rethinking the way you think of yourself. Yeah. And it's just like, it's it's a lot of work. And, and, and not just the like, you know, physical, like, oh, you have to physically change your appearance. It's also like a lot of work rethinking the like structures of identity you've built in your life. Mm-hmm. And like this, this whole, like, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of things like, things out there like we're talking about now like that the frame is like oh you're just you're just doing like you're just a you know a pervert you're just a sexual deviant you're just doing this because it gets you gets you off gets you horny it's like god no like Mm -hmm. there are so many easier ways to get horny than this yeah (laughs) if you aforementioned porn and uh yes you know women go hang out with your high school buddies in a hotel room yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's just, it's just and, so funny. And, that, and that's another yeah. thing, you know, that I hope we get to with this show is like, you know, we, we build, we allow walls to be built. And then we also build them ourselves within our minds towards our, mm-hmm. our growth and our acceptance of ourselves. We, we build up these, these structures against that. And it's really, like you said, it's part of the relearning where we have to learn to tear that down within ourselves to allow us to be what we're going to be. Yeah. Maddie, <laughs> that's huge. Maddie two spirit. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with. She just recently changed her name to just Hey Maddie. Um, she's another streamer okay. on Twitch. But she hey said, Maddie. She said uh, your smile is infectious. Oh damn! <laughs> I have a lot of weird faces that I make, so it's like I just I'm realizing it now more than more than I usually do now because like I normally when I'm streaming it? I'll be playing games mm-hmm. and I'll be like watching the screen, but now I'm like looking at my camcorder which has like a little like screen on it and I'm just like watching my face just like. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad my smile is good because like I make a lot of other faces too <laughs> I'm bad at taking compliments Maddie um, she asked <laughs> have, have you seen the movie the, the documentary Disclosure I think I heard about it no. recently but I haven't seen it I've heard good things about it I've heard tough things about it I just I'm not sure I I cry I cry. Uh, I cry a lot in movies. Movies mm-hmm. affect me. Um, and we watched we watched Hamilton, and like, and I bawled. I sobbed so hard. Um, so like, going into something knowing it's going to be emotionally hard is very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I, so I, I'm sorry. I can't talk more about it. I, I, I need to. I do need to watch it just so I can like. Be a, be able to you know be a part of the discourse on this. What what's the the basis of that one? I haven't seen it either. Cam Hamilton or Disclosure? Disclosure. I don't actually okay. know, but I know it's centered around trans narratives. Okay, Ma- yeah, Maddie, um, uh, give us a, an indication in the chat. Um, one series that I, I watched and I really did like um was Her Story on YouTube, and it's a, it's a, okay. a, a, a I believe it was all around one. Maybe a small trans group, or or, or particularly one trans woman. I'm, I'm forgetting a little bit of the specifics, but um, that was a nice little series, and it was just, it was, you know, not. It was just about her life, and her being trans was part of it, but it wasn't like, it didn't seem like it was. Oh, this is what it's like to be trans, you know, sort of like yeah. Unfortunately, what what this show is, but you know, <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like it was nice because it included mm-hmm. us in it in a way that wasn't that wasn't hyper focused on it and I, re- I really enjoyed that it was a it was a fun little series and i think it's i think it might be like 
two, somewhere between two and three hours for the whole series. Like it's quick, but it, it's it's a it's a great little watch. I had literally just had like an epiphany. So when you were talking about like her story and like uh, that reminded me, like when I started started like coming out to people and started slowly tra- like starting my transition, I bought a book or two. Like I'd bought some books that like about by trans women about their experience, and I still haven't read them because I've been afraid that I will read them and my experience will somehow be invalidated yes. and make me feel not trans enough. And I just like did not realize that until right now. Mm-hmm. This idea that like I've been avoiding other trans narratives because I don't want to see it and think like, well, shit, that's not my story. So it's like, and I've, I've been saying, I've, I've been preaching <laughs> but I'm, uh, that like everyone's transition is different yes. so like why don't I listen to what I've been saying and like actually realize it's, that it's those know. bad na- narratives that we have in our it's that that relearning that we have to do because, yeah. yeah we can um, like, and, and that's kind of like another thing like I, I love doing this because they always say the way to learn something is to teach it <laughs> That's, that's the best way it, and so like I, I kind of feel that in that. this the more you talk about hey it's okay for you to be trans and it's like well then it must be but okay is it okay for, for me to be trans yeah. <laughs> oh 10 out of 10 million dollar question yes it's okay for me to be trans <laughs> uh, Peach wants us to do um, a, a watch party uh, for the next stream so uh, yeah we should we should watch uh, um, which one uh, disclosure just, her story just yeah all kinds of different trans narrative stuff and and uh you know talk about it in a ferment i love it (laughs) i wonder if we could do that i wonder like i'm i don't know because you know youtube and and twitch are cracking down on on that kind of stuff really hard i wonder um where the copyright stuff falls for those little kind of indie movies Hmm. i mean we could we could like maybe not stream it but like do a watch together yeah netflix watch together but like also just like kind of like doesn't Ari do it that way like okay she does the the Amazon Prime stream party but like uh you could just like have the camera on you and just like you watching a screen over there and just like eating popcorn it's like wow did you see that <laughs> it'd be good yeah. it'd be fine yeah I'd yeah, watch that I, I wonder... I'd watch you watch something <laughs> <laughs> oh that's the creepiest I've actually seen that's... that stream before there are there are streams out there where where people don't interact with the audience and they just kind of sit there like they're they're super creepy God, um, do I do that? Please tell me I don't do that on my stream. Uh, <laughs> drop that in in the chat now, everyone. Um, yeah, it's a bummer. There was something that that when we were t- when we kind of were talking about that, that it, it triggered something else for the mm-hmm. the when you realize you were a transgender game and and uh, it, it went out of my brain as soon as it went in. Um, oh goodness! The, yeah, the like. <laughs> Things that you should have realized meant you're a transgender. Mm-hmm. Well, like little oh. things, like like I had this. I, I did write a couple little little um, notes, and and there was one that we didn't talk about. But um, uh, uh, realizing that the the memories that you have from your childhood, the ones that stand out, and the the reason they're still in your brain, and you don't really quite realize how important they are until much later in life and 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 you know you you put these these pieces together like one that always stood out that I didn't think meant anything and until you know you reframe it 
I was really proud in sixth grade, the uh, fifth grade, that a choir teacher was um, was praising me for being a soprano or being one of the, the few sopranos or, or, or something along the lines of that. I, I, I sung well like a girl. And I was so freaking proud of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like constantly there's gonna like so many times when i just like look back and like oh yeah like when i was in plays and like getting into like or doing acting drama whatever and just like hearing about like oh the the men would even play the women's parts and i was just like oh (laughs) oh (laughs) they do (laughs) that's what erica got to do a lot of that erica new girl she got to do a lot of that yes i remember yeah uh, yeah and like, uh, I don't know if, uh, if other people remember like the growing up the Drew Carey show. Anyone else watch that? Uh, I loved that show. Oh yeah, and like there were. I'm oh, sorry, just punching my microphone. Boom! Hey everybody, wake up. Uh, <laughs> so like, it's we're at the two hour mark. Who's asleep? Like, wake up, wake up. Oh my goodness, we're we're killing it. Going for a marathon. Uh, see y'all in the morning. Um, but like morning for I a lot watching, of them, like, I think. Sorry. I think it's morning for a lot of our viewers already. You know, the, the oh community. yeah, oh it's morning for me. Is it? Okay. Um, but like watch that show all the time, and I loved it. But like it, there were a lot of things that it did that honestly I kind of think were progressive for the time, and like it, and uh, like the idea of like gender uh, came up often, and like it was never really. So like Drew's brother was was a crossdresser like that was that was mm-hmm. like how That's they framed right. him and like he lived his life as a woman and like went to work and and like that was just kind of like accepted uh-huh like it, there was it was the point of some con- like there there were some you know conversations they had and I don't remember how they went but for me as a young trans person it's just like oh interesting <laughs> like yeah, it I- is possible to be to do this and yeah, there were I, episodes. I, yeah, there's one episode where like I was like Lewis, I forget their names. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oswald worked at the the like weird medical research place, and Lewis got breast implants to see what like to see what like how it would affect him psychologically. And I was just like, hmm. <laughs> I was just like all of these like some of these topics like I, you know, never clued in obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, like it's it's funny looking back at some of those and like yeah. yeah some of those things like were hmm but then like seeing the 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 brother um as you know a crossdresser and out in public like I think at that time that stuff was still too much for me like I I I that that's that kind of repelled me a bit I, I was I was kind okay. of a, I think it was afraid of that and and so like I just I I I couldn't get on board of that. And it's it's funny okay, because yeah. like one of my you know in high school one of my favorite movies that same group of friends on a different trip um, Ace Ventura had just come out and so we watched it as much as it was on and 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 uh, well, I guess it hadn't just come out I guess it had come out the year before and it was like showing on 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 TV and stuff and uh, we would quote it constantly and all of oh, that yeah. and I, I absolutely loved that movie it was it was hilarious and yet you know looking back now it, it's like that's a pretty damn transgender shaming movie yeah and like i i remember as a kid growing up and liking it like you know i thought it was funny it's jim carrey's funny person mm-hmm. and like i'm pretty sure now if you talk to me be like yeah that was a, that was bad <laughs> but like uh you know it 
like uh, 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 uh you like you transitioned when you're when you were like you're starting your transition when you're ready yeah right like i would i honestly like without some time machine to like you know gift myself with the foresight like i don't like there's a lot of this like oh i wish i had transitioned sooner but like at this real like honestly i was not ready before i started yeah i like i am very aware <laughs> that i was not ready and so like there's always the, like coulda woulda shoulda but like would you actually have like i don't i would not have transitioned any sooner than i did yeah because it was something that was terrifying to me and like i was not ready to accept it and like you know we're doing this like things that should have tipped me off but it was like really <laughs> yeah but then the other side of it is like you know um up until the last year two years probably about two years ago um anything that was that had any kind of permanence to it freaked me the hell out like getting excuse me getting laser um hair removal um yeah. which is something that i desperately want now and i like yeah. four sessions in but two years ago scared the living bejesus out of me like like mm -hmm. uh, it, it really terrified me and so it's it, a huge change mm -hmm. right and well, yeah, like and it, it's a huge change and it's per and the, the idea of permanence like i understand i understand it yeah sorry but but I'm you know to, like, and it, it speaks again to that lack of self-acceptance like the reason i was afraid of it was because like well i but what if i'm not truly trans and i want to at some point reverse this and i want to go back to being a guy like you know I, I can't yeah. remove that option. That's scary. And so yeah. like, the... what if I'm not trans enough? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we can say that now, but like I've, I've fought with that really hard. And like, so uh, for me, like that really came up really just thrust right to the forefront. Um, when I was doing like uh, going through my uh, like paperwork, list of stuff that I had to fill out to do uh, like uh, gender affirming surgery, bottom surgery. Uh, thanks like, you know, I will sing Canada's healthcare praises endlessly for this because it's, it's covered. Bottom surgery is covered. Top surgery, facial surgery, like, you know, hair removal, that's all considered elective and that's stuff you pay for yourself. Which Completely is like, really, but like, but you know, I can get a vagina. So, um, just uh, out. but like <laughs> they're handing them out you know it's like hey you get one you get a vagina you get, you get one you get one uh, <laughs> i don't know why that way for like, a thing perfect. is just so big i i say that all the time now oh know. yeah me too <laughs> um <laughs> but like uh <laughs> sorry still laughing at my own jokes um but like to fill this stuff out to like to go through the process of getting this approved for funding meant I needed healthcare, like approval by healthcare providers, one of which was my endocrinologist. And it like, like I've been seeing this doctor for more than a year now. And like, he's like, yes, I'm obviously just gonna approve this and sign it. But they also needed a second. Uh, so I had to go to someone who was a, like a therapist uh, and um, and like they do this often. And very thankfully, like it was a trans man who had, who had gone through this process a number of times before and you know just like he was just like yes this is it's like he warned me he's like i am sorry this sucks that you have to do this but like this is the way it is and like he's like if you need you know 
only share as much as you want to share like and ask me my whole trans like my whole you know history my whole mm -hmm. childhood and like when did you first have these thoughts and like basically this interview like this this show but like <laughs> in a lot more clinical way um and the whole time it was just like it was like I was just sitting there like, am I trans enough? And like, how much do I have to tell this person? Uh -huh. Do I have to tell them like the like weird sexual fantasy shit that I did when I was like, you know, like going through puberty and like trying to figure this stuff out? Like, yeah, you need the you need the transmitter on the on the screen where it's yeah, just like you've got right, the green and then oh now you're starting to dip back into the yellow and it's like. <laughs> and it was, it was in a lot of ways it was it was very difficult, but like mm -hmm. at the same time, like I told like I just like he's asking me all these questions. I'm like okay, I just got to level with you. Like, I honestly feel like my entire identity as a trans person is, like, being questioned. Like, I am sitting here, like, am I trans enough to go through this? Like, what do you, like, what is the point? Like, what do you need out of this? And he's like, oh, he's like, I, he's like, I am being thorough because I don't want this to come back to you. He's like, I don't want this to get denied in any way possible. He's like, I, so I'm putting down everything you're saying and I want this to be as, you know, thorough as possible to make, give you, obviously, like, the best chance to get this funding he's like wow. nine times like 99999 out of 100 like this goes through and it's like you know but he's like uh so he's like this is not there's no like trans enough he's just like he's like i just want this to be very clear that you have experienced dysphoria you are a trans person you are aware of the the like risks of this procedure and you have support systems in place and i was just like oh I got that. He's like, yeah, I know. Uh -huh. <laughs> but it was like, I just need to write it down it, and then you're good. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm at the, I was at the point where I was like, I had been like, you know, seeing an endocrinologist for years. Oh, okay. I'd been living full time as a woman for years with hormones, even mm -hmm. with hormones, with hormones. I got boobs. Mm, yay. <laughs> and I, and I'm literally asked like, talking to this person and i just like suddenly it's like i'm doubting am i trans enough because that's like literally like that's that's a question we get faced like we face every day in a lot of ways it's like because we constantly have to like we have to fight with our identity to get here in the first place yeah so it's like this idea that like god like you, you've you've questioned literally your entire life to get to this point and it's just like Let's so just you're rehash like, all worried of that. Someone's just gonna take it away and like, no, yeah. you're not trans enough. It's mine now. And you're just like, oh. yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's scary. It's very scary. It is, but like, yes, you are trans enough. Like, yes, fucking obviously. Even if they say that you're not, like, you know, yeah, yeah, fuck Honor them. Yourself. What do they know? Um. So uh, Maddie asks. What was one thing when you first transitioned that that really valid you, validated you as a trans woman? Ooh, okay. Um, ooh, validated me as a trans woman. Something like earlier on that's coming to mind. It's like I. Uh, so like it's just this weird timeline of my life. I started coming out to people publicly. Um, when I started applying for jobs and games. Mm -hmm. So I got a job, I like, and I was just like, I was at that point where like, I had been dressing, like dressing femme, wearing women's clothes, like putting on makeup, like while I was in school. And it was just like, like, it was like snap, like I am wearing makeup now. 
and there was like no two ways about it like i just started going to class and makeup and like i wear a lot of the same clothes but like um anywho i got yeah i i got all kinds of weird looks and harassment on the street so i was getting like really combative so i was like in these interviews i'm like i am trans is that a problem and they're like no and like so i started transitioning basically as i got this job that i have like the, at the company i'm at now um so these people had literally seen have seen like my coworkers have seen my transition from the start and like um so it, honestly really validating me and my and my identity was that like the support i got from work from my coworkers but also like when i i my manager at the time her and i are like really close now mm-hmm. but like we would go for lunch and we would go and and talk and we would just like chat often and um i remember talking to her she's like i thought you've been transitioning for years and i was like no i started like basically like when i i didn't start hormones before i got to like got to work at ubisoft like i i started transitioning when you hired me <laughs> she's like oh my god you're doing so great <laughs> right like that was one of those moments where it's like oh damn i'm doing this pretty good then nice. um yes. <laughs> Yes, nailed it. Got the got the approval of these cis people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so like that was a big moment for me. It's honestly just like realizing that like apparently I look like I'm doing it gracefully. <laughs> I was surprised when I when I started doing it full time that uh, just um, how wonderful it felt to be called Miss or Ma'am. You know, just oh, like yes. I, I was I was not prepared for for like the butterflies that would give me that's good i'm i'm really happy to hear that mm-hmm. and honestly like pronouns for me are, are strange <laughs> uh so i'm like i'm glad you have that experience like i'm glad you like i it's not that i have negative experiences with pronouns it's like mm-hmm. i'm in this weird point where it's like i get upset when people he me you know he him i don't like that that upsets me I, it's to the point where it's like when people say they, I'm like, what? You're too afraid to say she, and like, but then when people say she, sometimes they're just like, yeah, okay. But it's like I don't even like, what, what the fuck do I even want? Anywho, <laughs> so it's like I'll, I'll even like I misgender myself in my in my head all the time. Like there's this like, sorry, it's just like just a, such a wild tangent. But I'm just expressing this so that other people that might share the same experience know that they're not friggin' alone and they're still valid as trans people. So like reading through Twitter and it's just like oh like men are terrible like men are, men do this and I'm like hey I'm not what wait a minute <laughs> right this is like uh-huh. so it's like in a lot of ways I still like gut you know guttural reaction like you know my brain's still in some ways just like deep down in the like you know really dumb brain parts the reactionary stuff like see me as like or, or used to being he used mm-hmm. to being a man used yeah. to defending men as people that aren't shitty and it's just like yeah well i'm i'm watching know. my current binge right now is uh is big bang theory i never watched it when it was on, when it was on or when it was really popular like i saw little bits but it i just it, it never really hooked me and um so i've been going mm-hmm. through it this year and um i love the show but it, I, again, one of those those voices that kind of contradicts my validity as a trans woman is I'm watching the show and and I'm I, I kind of t- take a step back and and think I'm like, do I, I I feel like I identify more with the guys in the show than with the women, 
and I mean, there's a couple parts that one I'm a I'm a big nerd and I'm into a lot of the stuff that the, the guys are the Star Wars, Star Trek, all of that kind of kind of stuff. Um, but it's just like, yeah, I just wonder how much of that is is the programming and and all of that because you know I haven't had enough of the the girly experiences. I didn't have a sister growing up to like teach me all the stuff and 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 all of that. I've been kind of doing it on my own. So, um, yeah, and like much more point. I, I yeah sorry I, I I hope I didn't step on your toes on that one I I like okay cool I like I fully understand and like I the way I, I try to look at it is like I was a like I was living as a man like as a you know he him male um, rah rah I'm a dude for like 27 years or something like that like that was my experience for that much of my life. Uh, so you know, you know. Spoiler: I started transitioning at 27. Um, so like, a lot of like, a lot of the way I think and the way I see myself is still like, it's still shifting slowly away from that. Like, mm-hmm. I I mis I dead named myself in an in, a, in an introduction to like one of my like one of my managers when like I switched role switched projects and like under a new team and I was just like, hi, I'm Ian. Fuck <laughs> Anna. <laughs> And like, I, I I'm comfortable. I mean, I'm all right with my like my dead name. Like I don't. It doesn't get me upset. But I, I understand some people it does. But like, right? Like, ah, oh, you fucking bonehead. Um, and at the same time, like, yeah, like watching Big Bang Theory. I don't know how far you are. Like, I, I'm not sure um, what part you're at. About season six. So, um. Uh, okay, season six. Bernadette and Howard are a thing, right? Um, yeah, she's pregnant. Um, okay, uh, yeah, you're way up there. Um, so like, Sheldon and Amy broke up, and now they're back together. I can't remember if they're yeah. engaged or not. But... Okay. Like that's the show itself is like kind of you know it's kind of tricky for me sometimes because like, it as a nerd, it's just kind of like re- reducing like nerd nerds to like these like really hyper distilled super like ah uh, yes this is all they care about but like. Mm-hmm. Really? Come yeah, on. Yeah, and, and that's kind of going on um, in the chat right now. But just for the sake right of now, comedy. Um, uh, my friend is saying that, that the women in the show kind of suck, and, and it's, it's like they, they are kind of hyper-caricatured and, flat. And, 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 a, and a little flat and, a, and, and really kind of stuck in things. I, I've loved watching Penny's growth and you, you yeah. know expansion into kind of the nerd realm, but like my friend is saying, it's it's always as a, as like a, as a punchline and um, – the, yeah, they're yeah. they're not really characters you can you can identify with. I mean, uh, um, Bernadette is 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 awesome and beautiful, but but you know she's purposely like annoying and naggy, you know. And yeah, to be like the the to be like the you know the like Howard clearly is just married to her because she's like his mother in a comedic kind of way, and like it's I yeah. There's a lot of that going on. Like they're so I. That's I was kind of thinking that as well when you were like, oh yeah, like I identify with the men in that show. It's like, yeah, because they're more fleshed out as characters. Because yeah. the women just exist as foils to the men, yeah, and it's just, just like, yeah. it's just like, well, yeah, but as, like, uh, yeah, like you said, like as 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 punchline setups for the guys, so that the, you know, yeah, yeah, them to... yeah. So like, I also just like, it's just so unfeasible that anyone like that, and there's also the like going back and watching older episodes that are on TV. Like Bernadette's character changes so fundamentally from the beginning of the show to mm. where like where you are now or anywhere beyond that because like in the beginning she's like super daft. It's like oh 
I like Howard. He seems cute. And it's just like, and then now she's just like, you know, this basically just like tough as nails battle axe of a woman. But like, <laughs> it's just like this like huge fundamental change just to like make it so that like, oh yeah, she had to be like that to fall for Howard because he's a really creepy dude. Yeah. Like really creepy dude. Well, like, I was I was just thinking about his his um, transition through the series today, and then we'll probably get off of that because now we're getting super tangential and off the transgender oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, we're um, talking about we're talking about pop culture now. <laughs> but um, yeah, he went from being just a super crazy, creepy, over sexualized a hole to yes. this more typical husband guy that that's like kind of he, he's just he he went from being this creepy, over sex sexualized guy to this like worthless. Um, uh, yeah, you know, lazy, lazy oaf. Yeah, and and like so, I, I, they're they're kind of unrelated, and and it's just kind of weird to see that he made that that transition. But yeah, um, you know, I guess it's just evidence, uh, you know, going back to the fact that that uh, it's it's a show written by guys. I was thinking about the fact <laughs> that yeah. um, it's disappointing the the actress, you know, the the Penny character. Like they have to write that they have to cast that as a as a, an attract like an attractive woman that that's not nerdy. So your typical like attractive pretty woman, and it's just sad that that was the character. That's how she was able to get that job is just because she's hot, you know. Because like it has to, they had to play that joke out of like the nerd falls in love with her and should not have her, and there's you know she's out of his league, that whole thing. And um, yep. it was just a, I mean I'm getting a, a, another tangent, but it was just something that that struck me as as like, it's it's sad that that was how she got the role, and and you know how limited and and sexist that is. Like I go, yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of a lot of tropes that they stuck to that maybe they shouldn't have stuck to. Sorry, I thought I could just throw my phone across the room and then um, just ignore the alarm when it was going <laughs> off. I don't know if you guys could hear it on on here. But I I'm couldn't like, on my end. Probably not because it was too far away from my mic. But I'm just like, oh, that's gonna drive me nuts. So I had to annoying for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Um, so um, we're going really long. I really appreciate you guys hanging out. Um, let's let's uh, start towards wrapping up. Um, okay. Cool. What 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 has your experience been in the video game industry as a trans person? You was your Ubisoft job your first job in the industry, um, or, or did you have more experience with that? So do you have like a before and after? So um, yeah, I just need to like obviously uh, there's like you know. NDA stuff that I don't know how to come familiar people are so like there's some things I can't talk about in terms of like my projects and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I just want to be super clear so if I'm like if I seem like I'm being evasive or not answering questions fully like I just maybe just because I'm not sure how uh, truth like uh, truthfully transparently I can answer these questions but I'll do my best um, so I went to school for game design don't remember the year won't won't remember the year, probably 2015. Um, I got a job with a smaller independent company that was making like educational games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, they weren't even making educational games. They were so they were a, a, an online language learning uh, school, uh, speaking like French. French as a second language, or French as an additional language. Okay. Um, and so I was trying to help them uh, help them make gamify which is just like a buzzword in the games industry it's like 
turn their learning into fun make games out of it and like try to get you know student engagement up and like they wanted me to make i'm just gonna like yeah i'm just gonna just summarize as best i can they wanted me to make a like a massively multiplayer online learning campus so like they wanted a, a play like people could like world of warcraft they wanted they wanted world of warcraft to teach people french it's like hmm. you connect to this you're in this world with like hundreds of other students you can play games with them that you can meet your tutors you can have all this classroom experience so i had to like design the world and like make a bunch of mini games and like program a prototype with a with a small team and like it was just this was like my first project i was still technically wow. in school yeah. when i when this came into me and it was just like it was just ugh, so much work that, yeah that's um, a massive project I, I it's kind of a it's kind of a great idea um, and oh a, yeah, and a, and a it was a cool idea. But, but like, it's like it, it seems just... like for this little company, it's probably too big of a project, and for this little person just out of school, it's it's a lot. <laughs> yep. Um, but you know, we we ended up promising them a prototype, and they were going to use that as the basis to build off of mm-hmm. um, and expand, and you know, create what they actually wanted over a number of years with some core team that they were going to hire. Um, and they were like, they were yeah. Okay, so you were working they on were, proof of concept. They were ambitious. Say again, sorry? You were working on proof of concept. Like, here's the idea, Basically, and here's, yeah. like, kind of we what want, we be. So, it's, this is, like, this is, especially in indie games or in, like, project-based games, there's constantly this fight between, like, what the, the like, client wants, <laughs> what they think that you're going to give them, and what you can actually give them, and, like, somewhere in the middle is, like, what you end up with. <laughs> um, so they wanted... They wanted uh, like a finished project they could use out of the box. Um, we told them we can give you proof of concept. We can give you first prototype that you can then take and you know you can tr- try it with a small sample. Like you can figure out what you need to. You can use this as like a, a, a like a, a launching point, a jump off point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that first project, and we ended up giving them some somewhere in between. Like it was bigger than a first pl- prototype, bigger than like a a proof of concept um but not what they wanted so like nobody was happy at the end <laughs> um but anyways so to like debut this product they also wanted to have an event and they kind of liked the work that i had done so they kept me around to like help them like do the handover to a new team and also organize this event and it, they wanted to make it they called it a hackathon uh, it's just like a group of students working on different projects, and they they were hoping that this would turn into like they could put these mini games in their world, and it would be like aha, uh, that you know that didn't work out the best. But I organized this this whole friggin' thing, mm-hmm. uh, got all the people there, like got the food set up, got all of this like this whole event basically. And at the event, they had Ubisoft recruiters. Uh, they convinced Ubisoft that there were going to be hundreds of students. Um, there were like 30, 20 um, ish. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I ended up, you know, I had free time because it wasn't as busy as they they had anticipated. I we had a ton of ticket ticket sales and invites, but like it was during the week, and then there was like a a unit like the college campus, the college workers just went on strike. So there was just like a bunch of disruptions for this whole event. Mm. Anyways, I had tons of time to talk to the recruiters. Um, and we got to talking and we, you know, met and all that. So that was like, that was the handover. That was my first project was this big, like just 
too big for what we had time for and then like hmm. just a bunch of, it, was, it was a mess um so <laughs> it was a lot the, of work and at, then, at this time ahead. you were you because this was after or during college right so you would you this were like you, you were yeah, already sorry, i didn't really oh yeah go ahead sorry <laughs> no, it's uh, the the online virtual like you know video conferencing common. Uh, like, oh, you go, no, you go, no, you go. Are you sure you're not Canadian? <laughs> um, so I went to university uh, for art, uh, and then after I went, you know, did the whole ministry thing, did like you know other jobs in between, and then I went back to school for game design for a one year program. So it was mm-hmm. a it was like a postgraduate diploma or something like it was mm-hmm. like. It wasn't. It wasn't like a university. It was just like a college credit. Um, but you. So. And I was but when still you were technically in, a student. Okay. But when you were in college, that was when you at actual university. That was when you started wearing makeup full time, right? And, no. and wearing some yeah. of those. No. It was when I was at school for game design. Oh, okay. So yeah. when you when you applied for and were working with this company, were you working on premises or um, were you working? Um, out of your home on it and and how out to them were you i was not out to them at all okay i was super closeted but like the funny thing is i i was wearing i was wearing women's clothes and like heels right like i was wearing like you know ankle boots with heels but i was just like they just you know i was i was living under my dead name i was using he him pronouns like Mm. It was just, it was a time. I think maybe they just thought I had a, you know, an androgynous fashion sense. Hmm. But I was working out of, um, out of the college, and the, the there was other like personal reasons that I didn't feel comfortable coming out to these people. Um, so, but so it was like that project, it, like this is literally like the like switchover. It was after that project. I bet that like the Ubisoft recruiters at this like final event. This was my last working with these people. Um, met the recruiters and they set me up with an interview and that was when I started like going full time as, as trans as a, as like as a trans person mm-hmm. like identifying openly and, and, was, and so uh, was it yeah. part of your experience with the recruiter so you, you mentioned that you didn't feel you didn't come out to the, the previous game company at all was it mm-hmm. part of the fact of you know how the recruiter and the company seemed um, that you felt comfortable um, coming out to them, or was it more what was going on in your life, your personal life, that uh, preempted that or, or prompted that? Yeah, good question. A little bit of both. So it was the recruiters were super friendly, mm-hmm. and they were just like really welcoming people. The people I interviewed with were also great. Um, so there's a lot. Of, it was a bunch of that, but also like I, I this last job I had gotten before I had like kind of come out as as trans. So like there's this like yeah like i got this job as you know you know a straight cis man and i started like transitioning after i had gotten this job so i was just like it felt weird and i this person tended like one of these people could be a little was a little aggressive like frequently kind of aggressive and like uh so it made me uncomfortable um and i just didn't want to deal with that so i just like you know stayed in the closet with them but then like this other i when i started interviewing for jobs beyond this one I was actually like, I was at a point like, this is where I'm going. I don't want to hide it. I don't want to be in the closet. I don't want to not be open with these people. Yeah. I want to, this is going to be part of my experience moving forward. So they better get ready. Um, and that's kind of what that ready was. And not. also I just like, I, yeah, I got this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I got the sense too, that they would, they were cool with it. Nice. Uh, so I, yeah. 
So it was more just just the people themselves. It wasn't like um, anything particular to the industry. Now, um, so Maddie is excited because she's like, "Yay, a fellow trans gamer, um, game yeah, developer, cool. d- developer, not not gamer." Well, there's a lot of yeah, yeah. trans gamers here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, what? How has has the industry seemed to you? Ha- has it been receptive, yes. or are, do you are you? Um, do you go in? Do do you go to any events, conferences, things like that, where you represent the company or any of that kind of stuff? Um, I have um, thinking thinking through them all. So, like <laughs> games is a really interesting, really interesting field to work in because, like, game developers are like super diverse and like open to diversity and like you know it's something that they strive for within the industry okay. and then like gamers like the like capital g gamers <laughs> are very like tend to be very toxic and, and that's yeah, like, i know that's a big swig a big thick brush to sweep over everybody there because there's a, like you know this this community is made up of gamers mm-hmm. but like the the like the loud uh the loud gamers that you see in forums and like the ones that the ones that make the most noise yeah get the most the, attention the, yeah yeah they're the ones that are like oh what the hell are you ruining our games with all these trans people and just like and then all the trans people are like this is why i don't go on voice comms and multiplayer games like yeah right yeah. so yeah so that's yeah. that's that's the kind of the that's the dichotomy that we're like games is but like in, internally uh, it's it was wonderful i came out to my my team so i started as a qc a tester and now i work as a level designer as, as a tester i came out to my whole team of like 15 ish people because we were on a smaller project it was starlink uh, battle for atlas which was like a it's more of like a smaller project more cur- like more cartoony it was really, it was kind of interesting compared to the rest of the ubisoft games but like we had a small team of testers. I came out to them and they're all like, cool. And as I was like coming out to these people, I was, you know, heckin' nervous. My manager was totally supporting me. Like we had a meeting leading up to it or meeting or two. And like, how do you want to like, how do you want to do this? Like I, I met with her and I was like, I want to come out to the team. And she's like, okay, how are we going to do this? What do you need me to do? And there's like, it was like ready to go, um, which That's is just wonderful. like a plus 10 mm-hmm. out of 10. Um, and I, I came out to the team and everyone was like, and I, I saw people smiling, right? Like that was that, that was one of those like giveaway moments. Like I was like, hey everyone, I am going to be transitioning uh, from male to female. Um, just letting you know, cause things are gonna start changing. And they were just like, people were like, nice. And it's like giving me like a thumbs up, like this is awesome. Like so happy for you. And I was just like, yes, yes, yes. Um, so it was really good. And then I like the people I was that were sitting beside me, like the, the like uh, the like the other women or like that were kind of around me. Uh, like one of one woman I got hired with, man, best friend. Uh, but she's like, like, hey, that's cool. Like, let me know if you need anything. And then uh, we just got a lot closer because it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, finally, she's like, yes, another woman on the team. Um, but like in terms, the studio itself has been supportive. Um, a lot of the people I work with, like there's, it, I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it and say like everyone was wonderful because there are there are people, like bad experiences, bad people everywhere. But the thing is like on on the whole, <laughs> the like the vast majority of people that I've worked with have been wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Wonderful about me being trans, super respectful. Um, 
and just like really great people. That was <laughs> and like I've, 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 I've been able to talk to. Oh, you're sorry. No, go ahead. no, you've been able to talk to. Oh um, yeah, I've been able to talk to like higher up people, like directors on projects, and like be a person like, hey, uh, if you need help, like you know about like either gender representation or anything in the in these games or like anything like that, like. I'm a person you can talk to and like I can't get you know too many more details about like any of that stuff that's been happening but like uh, it's the the studio has actually like set up like internal groups to um, employee resource groups or what they called so Mm -hmm. like to be able to have um, a group of people represent represented (laughs) a group of people with similar experiences and similar identities represented like and, and give them a space to like you know come together and like p- go to the studio and be like hey like this is this is our experience this is ways we think you can do better mm-hmm. so i've been like helping wow. run the the lgbt uh lgbtq plus employee resource group um and like that's a space that the studio gave us to be like hey how can we do better and like listening to my experience and, and like so there's been a lot of good to come out of it that's wonderful yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was, I was, uh, you know, pre coming out, I, I had all the, the negativity in my head again. I was afraid that nobody would talk to me, all of that. I was surprised how, um, how many friendships it strengthened, you know, at, at work and outside, but like, you just sticking on, on work. Like I, I found a very similar experience where it was like most people really accepted it and were really, uh, cool and happy about it and, and congratulatory. Mm-hmm. And then what I kind of found like the the negative the the negative side of it was just like people kind of being uncomfortable or kind of ghosting and not really talking to me like there wasn't anything overtly negative that were just like you could just there were people you could kind of tell either didn't know how to act yeah. or, or couldn't deal and so they just yeah. kind of took a step back and it's just like all right fine you know I've got I've yes. got so many more great friends all of all of my good relationships are better and and you know i've got new great relationships it's just like yeah i don't need that <laughs> oh yeah wholeheartedly just like yes this idea of like the positives are very vocal and very visible mm-hmm. and the negatives that you just like as a trans person i'm sure most people in the chat will know like you can tell when you make someone uncomfortable just by existing mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you just see it on their face or like the way they look at you like i there are some of those people but like thankfully the like the number of supportive people I work with are just so far and away louder and more supportive and just like are to the point where the people that like, you know, the, the like respect that I get at work Mm -hmm. is, is enough to make those people like make sure those people are quiet and make them feel uncomfortable that they don't like me (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I'm trans. Like, well, yeah, I kind of go back and forth and I, I I enjoy it. And, and, um, I, I, I think that, it 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 has, it spurs me to sort of play a little bit of a game. Like I see them, I can tell they're uncomfortable. So I like, you know, I'm just talking mm-hmm. particularly out in public. Like I make it a point to to make yep. eye contact and say hi to them, <laughs> you know, and smile yes. and say and, and say hi yes. and wave. Like 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 I can tell from thirty feet away that you're uncomfortable with my presence. And as we pass, I'm going to make it a point to say hi to you and smile and make you react to me. Like, and a lot of them still will just kind of like ignore or whatever, but like, you know, some of them out of kind of forced politeness or whatever, you know, will will smile and say, 
yeah, yeah. Um, or, or, you know, they'll actually smile and, 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 and say hi or whatever. And it's just like, even if it wasn't genuine, like I love to do that to be like, I'm a person, I'm a good person. And like, I'm going to be polite to you and kind of, and I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be a cower. This award goes to you. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to accept it. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's have. the power that you have. It's like, once you're like confident in your identity, mm-hmm. To be like, you're uncomfortable with me. Mm-hmm. I am comfortable with me, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I'm going to treat you like a normal fucking human being. Yeah. Like you should be treating me right now. Yeah, and I'm going to show you that, like, yeah, this isn't something to be afraid of. I'm just a normal person, and I'm and I'm, I'm a not kind of person. <laughs> and you know, you're. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna cower away from you. You're going to have to interact with me at some level, um, even if it's to ignore me. And that, you know, that 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 even that is an action, and you're doing that. Yep. And I'm gonna I'm gonna force that on you because I can. And uh, <laughs> and I just I just sometimes it's, it, there's a little bit of a spite in it, but a lot. But for the oh. most part, most of it is just like I want you to have a positive experience with me. And yeah. and to to know there are trans women around. Um, you know, I never saw any when I was a, when I was a kid growing up or going through any of this. So um, I think it's important that we were visible. And and you know, I, like I said, I make it a point to to kind of force the interaction so that maybe that's the band aid for them. Like they they've never interacted. They were they're afraid. And it's just like oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. And so maybe that like sticks. That's what I'm that's not gonna make gay. No. Yeah. Unless you already were, mm-hmm. but like, <laughs> yeah, too true, too true. So, um, I think I'm gonna let this wrap up. Unless you have any other um, specific things you want to talk about about the the video game industry, um, specifically that is, you know, positive or negative for for trans. You've already kind of hit some some really good things. I love the way your company is. But if there's anything else, just kind of industry wide. I think it's it just it, there's been a lot of growth, especially lately. The idea of of underrepresented people and stories starting to like make more of a, a, a make more of a like a, a a presence, which is which is great. So like I'm I'm you know thankful to be in a place where I can like try to push for that more and more. But the idea of like um like trans identities in games, trans mm-hmm. bodies, even just like trans stories is something that's like growing more and more mm-hmm. which it's great so like that's yes that's something that like it's it's been it hasn't been the the best before mm-hmm. but like it's getting better so like i'm glad to be a part of that um we got a, a question from the chat that's along these lines um do you think there's a need to do that kind of an, an info session sit down in a business envir- environment having both worked in large companies um I think that awareness and visibility are important. Um, and then, yeah, I think telling stories and having, having those kind of conversations. So it's, it's, it's really kind of multi-layered. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to have, a, a, I think, a specific coming out to your team to, to, to tell them that, yeah, you know, if, if, you've, if you've presented one way, especially for a long time, like I, I, I've worked at my company for uh, 10 years before I came out. So it's just like, you know, it's it's going to be a big thing. So you do have to, to do something, oh, yeah. at least in your team. You got to let your manager know and, and, and in your team. That's important. Um, and then it's just about being visible and, you know, interacting with people in your company. 
But I do think there is more that needs to happen. I do think that there's some education that needs to happen. And that's why it's great when you have a company that, that will do like um, yours did, where they put together yeah. kind of a coalition. Yeah, the, the uh, even before we actually had that group, uh, which is like something that I think is pretty pretty indicative of like the, the effort they're trying to put in. They brought in, um, so I don't know if anyone uh, in the chat, I don't know who's in the chat, but, but if anyone is from Toronto, they brought in the 519, which is a like an LGBTQ plus rights uh, and like charity and like a community center. Like they, it's it's a major hub of, of activity in the queer community in Toronto. They brought them in for we called them lunch and learns so it's mm -hmm. like you, your lunch hour you get free lunch and you you like learn about something and we had packed the like area like auditorium space that we we have for that and it was about it was about like different topics through pride month last year it was like gender identity and expression uh, like we talked about like privilege and and like queer experiences and uh like what what is you know what is gender was one of them like there's just like these topics that like mm. you know it, there were these education efforts that the studio was putting in to be like hey you know this is important we have these people in our community we need more of these people in our in our in our office in our workplace because diversity literally just makes our products better <laughs> from like a like a raw business profit standpoint it makes makes sense Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. if I'm there telling part of my story in a game that someone like me will want, like will see that and enjoy that and want to buy it. Like, so it's just, yeah. But like that was, that was something that they were doing as well. So there is like, I I think there's a need everywhere. And like, it's something that should be a part of employee training and employee onboarding is this idea of gender diversity, gender expression, pronouns, mm -hmm. right? Like the basic facts of like, mm -hmm of how to just be base level respectful of people of differing gender identities, uh, gender uh, expressions, sexual orientations. It's um, just like, yes. What, what's the name of that, of that group again? The five, the five one nine. Uh, yeah. If you just Google either five one nine or the five one nine, like mm -hmm. it's the number five nineteen. Yeah. I, I love that idea um, um, for a couple of reasons. And it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to think of, of other ways to kind of expand what I'm doing mm -hmm. here. Um, I think that 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 this show is what it what I want it to be. Um, but I but I'm thinking of other things to kind of su supplement it with. And um, I love that idea of like little quick bites of like, you know. Uh, those yeah. educational things and, and um, fun videos. And I think it could be really cool, you know, for us to, to hear them and, and be affirmed of them and, and all of that. But then also like, like if, yeah. if, if, if you're trying to come out to your family, like here, show them this video and, you know, send it to you over discord. Okay. Awesome. Um, their, their website. Yeah. What um, I like to close with this, what um, advice, what keep, uh, points would you make to young and closeted trans people out there what are some of the, like the key oh, nuggets God. of wisdom that you have that, that you'd love to share as a as a trans elder mm -hmm. um god that's such a huge title i can't believe i just fucking claimed that for myself um goodness gracious uh if you're however you're doing it 
as long as you're you're safe and happy you're doing it right is one big key right like there's no single way to do this right um and it, yeah if don't don't do it until like i mean like don't do it till you're ready it, it's it's i it's, i started saying that and it, it's like i'm not sure it's sitting right the way i worded it mm-hmm. um but like don't Yeah, I don't know how to word that any better. It's what honestly if... just like, I guess it's like, don't kick yourself for for not being ready sooner. Mm-hmm. It's probably a better way to put it. What what I don't like to don't just... resent. Go ahead. Yeah, what I like to kind of um, push is like to allow yourself the flexibility of you know push yourself to push the boundaries, like have yeah. the faith and the confidence to push the boundaries, but allow yeah. yourself to 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 bounce back from that. Like if you feel comfortable wearing a dress one day and then like next week, like the idea freaks you out. Like it doesn't mean anything good, bad or indifferent. It's just means that this week that you're not comfortable with it. So allow yourself to back off of it. Keep trying to push it forward, but, but also allow yourself that space to really accept it and become comfortable with it, you know, cause you don't want to push too hard and then like make yourself, you know, give yourself like a bad experience and, and hurt your, your progression. Yeah. That's thank you for just uh, making that so much better than I probably would have ever done that. Cause it's like, yes, just don't like be, you know, be, feel, feel free to be confidently you as probably is another way to like yeah and but also like again like there there might be setbacks you might you know your emotions change day to day week to week and at the same time like i do think it is important like don't don't be mad for not for not trying sooner because like if you weren't ready you weren't ready but like you know push yourself a little bit there are ways i wish i pushed myself a little sooner or like talked to my parents a little more openly when I was younger about things I was feeling like, but don't let those regrets weigh you down because you know, they're, they're going to be, they're there for everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that, is that, is that motivational enough? <laughs> I think so. It's just, it's just all about truth. It's all about the, the truth of what the experience is. And then the truth of your experiences is obviously yes. what's valid. That's, that's kind of the point you're making, but I'm also making that to you as, as a, yeah. as a guest on this show, yeah. like, you know, your truth is, is valid and, and, and that's what we want people to hear because it will resonate with somebody and that's wonderful. A hundred percent. Yeah. Your truth is valid. Yep. Bingo. That's, that's, awesome. that's it. That's, well, that's what I want people to know. Take away from this. Peach threw in a last comment. Uh, L- LOL. Elder is too much a title, but uh, you claimed the queen of queens with no issue. Oh, queen of queers. The queen of no queers. Issue. Yes. So, well, obviously, and uh, I'm so change my my Twitch stream to <laughs> Anna be queenly. <laughs> and she says, "Oh, I, I, I love you, Anna." Uh, but then, she, oh, I love you too, Peach. I love you, Anna. Lol. So, Anna. so she, she followed up with a with an LOL. So, so I don't know if the, if the sincerity is there. Or not. That's just our relationship. That's our friendship, right? <laughs> that's got you, girl. <laughs> Man, how about we have like a, a piece of appreciation conversation here? <laughs> Friggin' best mod ever. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we, we've talked about that a couple times, maybe not necessarily in this stream, but um, if, if, for those of you that have, have or have not seen Peach Roof's uh, name pop up, um, she is the mod for all of the people on Twitch. 
So um, all of all of Twitch, all yeah. of them. Yes, I think it, she it, actually is like the owner and founder of Twitch because like <laughs> literally every Twitch space I've been in, Petrip is there. At, at very very least, I mean we're exaggerating. At very least, ninety percent of the trans women uh, Twitch streams on here. So she's one hundred percent of the trans women streams I've been to. <laughs> Peach is there. So like, um, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Okay, real real quick, Peach. Um, yes. let, let, since we've got the you the the focus on you, um, how many streams are you modding right now? I I think I actually know this. I think it's thirteen. No, I mean at this exact moment, how many streams are up that she's modding oh. on right now? Because that's oh, you. It's usually around um, three. <laughs> I my guess would be at least yeah, probably three. My guess. <laughs> All right. Um. Oh, just yes. us, but yeah, in general, 13. Okay. Um, everybody that <sighs> was here and watched, thank you so much. Thank you for hanging out all the way to the end. This is a this is a long one. We went three we went hours. Three hours this I time. told you I go long. This is like, this and, is my trademark. And I've, I've met like, two I'm going to be a one-hour stream three but yeah, hours about later. The, the hour and a half mark, I usually start to kind of freak out. of like, oh, we're dragging on. It's like, ah, oh, we're just having fun tonight. So I, I, I let I'm it go. A, I'm a chatty bitch. <laughs> I definitely am too. So thank you. Okay. Um, good. Is there anything else that you want to that you want to want to say? I just want to thank you for being here. I I really appreciate it. I don't know if people know this, oh, but I had no. another guest lined up, and they backed out at the very last minute. And so stepping in, um, I, I appreciate that so much. You're so wonderful. I I was really excited when you and you mentioned that. I was like, yes. Um, <laughs> I. I'm cheating right now. I popped open, I popped open the the chat on Twitch so that I could just like say thanks to everybody. Um, I know I wasn't supposed to, so please don't be mad. But what? I just wanted to be like, thank you everybody, because like literally, it's just uh, it. This is this is wonderful. This is like, I, I I mentioned when you were like, I'm thinking about starting this transgender show, and I was just like, yo, do it, so cool. And I was just like, because this is something that I've wanted. I couldn't do it myself. Like I just like don't have the the mental space or capacity to do what you're doing, and I really value it. Like it's it's needed. It's super valued, even for me. Like you know, someone who just comes on here and gabs at people for three hours. But like, it it's it's super valuable. It's super important to let trans people know that they're not alone in their experiences because that was something we talked about. I don't know if we brought it up in this last triage because like my whole afternoon with you has been wonderful and it's just blurred together. So like. It honestly, like, there were so many times when I was feeling things and thinking things and like, God, I must be alone. Like, no, this is so crazy. This is so weird. And just realizing, like, no, this is like a really common experience in the trans community. And it's really helpful to know you're not on your own. So, like, thank you for making this show oh, so friggin' much. Thank you so much for saying that. That that That's wonderful to hear. Like that that's uh, the whole point. That's what I'm trying to do. We'll, we'll... Yes. If you're doing it so well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Transgender Show from the Transverse Network. Watch the full video version of the show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash the transverse and be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well. If you love what we're doing and want to support the transverse, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the transverse.